Hello welcome. and welcome to Elite Cartre, the War Machine and Hordes podcast that's getting its telegram from the Queen. I'm Mike. I'm Kurt. I'm Benj. And I'm Alex. Well. And, and introducing a special guest for this episode, Mr. Will Hungerford. Hey, how's it going? See? He's there. It's fantastic. He's, it's going uh, fantastic because you're here. Uh, the the first. going to say hello. Uh, Nick's not here, sadly, for this portion of the oh. recording. We're hoping to catch him at a later time. Bye, Nick. <laughs> Just because that running gag's been going on forever. <laughs> um, so, uh, it's the first time we've had an opportunity to have a, uh, a Privateer Press uh, staff member on the show. Um, I think the, the, the best thing to sort of start off with is, uh, Will, tell us kind of, um, you know, what your role is with War Machine and kind of how you got there. Okay. Uh, so I'm the lead developer uh, at the moment on the development team, which means a, a lot of things. My, my fingers are in a lot of different pies. Um, so when a new game comes along, sometimes I'll be the lead design and developer of it, like I am for the rules for Riot Quest. Um, when it comes to organizing a lot of things happening with other games, I'm just pretty much involved in those processes. So a lot of stuff we do is done sort of as a team. War Machine and Hordes is, is, you know, Jason Souls is the final arbiter, um, but we all sort of discuss and develop things together. And one thing, one of my roles there is to sort of collate a lot of community feedback and then play test very specific things and then have our play testers test very specific things and then take that data and come up with solutions. Like a big part of my, my position is sort of pitching different ideas and then coming up with different fixes to different problems. And this is also done on Monpoc and our, our various other games. So it's, it's a job with a lot of different hats is the best way to put it. It's involved in the game development from top to bottom. Um, I, I, can, I can only imagine with the amount of data you must get from all sort of the various players around the world, that's got to be kind of a really huge task sorting out what's kind of the important bits and what's kind of the more aberrant results that you're thinking, mm, does that really apply? Maybe. I, it, it, it can be, but luckily my, my road to this position, I think, trained me for it. So I started at Privateer Press eight years ago as their re retail support liaison, just talking to stores, informing them about the product and helping them get the stock. They had me do that for about a year, and then they were telling me, and I'd been a press ganger before I joined the, the company, and the quartermaster position was opening, and they basically told me, they're like, you need to take the job. Like, you would be great at it. And I was like, sure, you know, I love the community, and I, I was a press ganger. I'd be happy to. So I ran the press gang for five years, and doing that before I moved into development afterwards sort of was my training ground to be able to do a lot of these things. Like being able to manage a thousand press gangers globally and handle their, their problems and, and their victories and, and work with them taught me how to sort through information and what was urgent and what was not. Mm. Okay. That, that, that makes an awful lot of sense in that, in, in that regard then. Okay. So you, you kind of, you, you said that you're working on new stuff and I guess that's kind of the, 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 the big thing to kind of um, bring you on for a discussion for today yeah. um, is both kind of, um, well, we, certainly from our point of view, we've got two really big things going up in both Riot Quest and Oblivion. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Oblivion's like, by the time this probably goes live, it'll be Gen Con and Oblivion will be in people's hands. And this has been the biggest thing we've done for War Machine since the launch of Mark III. Um, it's very reminiscent of the old remixes from people mm -hmm. that played in Mark I but not 
I don't want to say it's not quite as big because the remixes, I remember the Mark one remixes and those were, those were really massive. When that was happened. huge. That was huge at the time. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't think this is quite that level, but I do think it's going to have a massive effect on the meta for, for so uh, the TLDR for people that don't know what oblivion is, <laughs> is um, Alex, Alex, are you listening, Alex? Yeah. He's, he's talking about me. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a box set coming out. That's called oblivion. It's a, it's a narrative uh, set. And what it's got in it is a new miniature. It's got this book full of just fluff and artwork, and it has a narrative campaign for people to play at home between two and four players uh, that lets them play over several weeks and sort of tells the story of the arrival of the Infernals uh, and then the forces rising up to fight against them. And the, the campaign is modular. It has multiple branching paths, so you can play it multiple times and have completely different scenarios you even see, depending on what you do. Um, with this big storyline product we're putting out, which is really exciting before we get anything else, we haven't done like a campaign product in ever since what Escalation back in Mark One. Yeah, I remember Escalation back in the day. Yeah, when we did the old Theater of War. And I love, like, obviously, War Machine and Hordes at its face value, a lot of people know it as a competitive game. But there are a lot of people out there that could care less about Steamroller, that could care less about Death Clocks. They don't care what's good. I'm saying that in quotes. They don't care what's Bad. I'm also saying that quote. They want to play their models they like and have fun. And this services them. This is the product we, we that that will help them and let them have a lot of fun just playing at the local store, the local club, or in their basement, wherever they want to be. Is uh, this uh, is this though just a, a one and done, or is are you going to continue doing this past Oblivion? And we're going to continue past Oblivion. So what the Oblivion book does is it introduces the Oblivion campaign system. It's the core rules how to play an Oblivion campaign. Um, and then it gives you the first campaign, which is made up of 16, I believe, 16 possible scenarios. And then sort of like the different paths, the different plot lines, because each player crafts their own plot line and you sort of like meet up and fight. Um, but with the system, we're going to release more campaigns and you just plug them in to the system like modules. Um, and then there's a deck of cards that are like effect cards that you need in the Oblivion box set to play uh, these campaigns later on. But we intend to keep doing this. Because um, this is only like the, the intro to Oblivion. This is like the Infernal's first arriving. But we want to put out more campaigns that continue to tell the story through their arrival and, and all the things that happen. Um, so that, to me, is like really exciting that we get to provide something for a part of the community that often isn't quite as vocal, but we definitely know are there. And they, they talk to us. We hear from them. We see them at cons. We know they're out there playing at stores, but they're not, you know as visible as the more tournament oriented players. Uh, um, does that, does that mean then sort of like the, you're going to collate data and the, that's going to decide the outcome of the law or is it determined who's going to sort of win this basically at the ends? Or? So we actually, did, we just finished a big campaign that the data determined the lore. So we just finished Stormbreak, um, which was the Lely's resistance fighting against Kador. And we did that across three parts, but those were larger events. Those were like store level events. There was no real home level for it. What Oblivion, the first Oblivion campaign is meant for like home play, just as you want to, or club play. Um, we will occasionally put out campaigns that tie into this, that we will collate the data for and do something cool with it, but not, not always. Um, cool. Like, we're, we're, okay. I think it's really, it's, it's really, really cool. I think, um, as you say, it's, it, it's a silent, arguably silent majority, isn't it? The, the home players, the 
the club players. Well, it's just and better. It's, it's better for us. It, yeah. It's better for us because we're more sort of club orientated than store, I guess. True. Yeah. So. And, and that's my thing. Like I, so locally here in Seattle, I was playing at the local stores a ton. And then my friend, Simon Berman, who used to work here yeah, for us, mm-hmm. he started a club in downtown Seattle. It was a little private club. And there's probably about 15 of us, all of us who either work, work at private press or, or work in the industry in some way. And we get together and that's where we play now every Wednesday. And that has been a really, I've never had the, the club experience. I've always had the store experience. Uh, and it's been really fun and refreshing to be able to do a thing where we just run a kind of a closed circuit narrative campaign and make our own rules and, and tell our own stories. And, you know, there's like six or seven game developers and designers that are at this club. So like, when someone's like, hey, let's play this game, like, we'll just make up stuff for it. And that's been a fun creative exercise. And I think there's a lot of people in the world that do things like that. And I think the Oblivion system is is made for people like that. Um, but that aside, we took the opportunity when we were putting out this big box set to put out a revision to the rules, uh, which has been the main scuttlebutt amongst the community. I know I said this the TLDR version, but man, I, I'm going long. <laughs> Alex no, that, that's quite okay. We Alex we, we tend to ramble. A, mm. We tend to ramble a lot on the show anyway. So you know, yeah, wh- whatever you want to ramble to is is perfectly fine with us. I mean, a- actually, we'll just don't mention Terry Gilliam, and you'll be fine. Okay, <laughs> got it. Um, so we revised the rules by cutting out some things from the core rulebook we we didn't feel were necessary anymore, and we combined the War Machine and Hordes rules into a single digest. So everything they need as a player is in one book. But the big thing we did, that everybody's talking about, is we revised all the theme forces. Uh, we went back, we removed the old, you have to spend so many points on a certain type of unit to get free things, benefit, and we added the requisition system, which is now every theme force has a menu of possible free things you can take. If you're playing a 25-point game, you choose one thing off the menu. 50, you choose two. 75, you choose three. It could be the same thing multiple times, you just can't break the FA restrictions. The whole point of that was to open up list creativity again. So you didn't feel shoehorned into, well, I have to spend 60 points on just my Doom Reavers so I can't take any big jacks. Well, now if you want to run a Doom Reaver list that runs a couple big jacks in it, you're not penalized. You're still getting your free solos, your free command attachments. It's, it's been really interesting to watch this actually from our point of view because um, I know at least a, a couple of us here have been really sort of big fans of having the theme forces in uh, Mark Three and yeah. seeing seeing kind of the the fact that now it's become slight should be slightly easier for you to kind of bounce the game knowing that certain interactions will only happen when you've got far fewer models on the table. Yeah. Um, so that, so to see this revision and for it to take to like streamline that system and take out a lot of the well if i cut two points of infantry here and putting two points of jacks you get a four point solar for free over here rather it just becomes if you are within these restrictions you get these free things that is a really interesting sort of uh change in tack to take and it's yeah I, I'm, I'm looking at it it looks very interesting from the just the merc point of view so far but yes. as, you said, as, as you said mike it's 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 almost like um becomes almost a tax on on certain types of models and certain themes though doesn't it so if i want to try and take a second vulcan in in magnum opus then there's a four point tax or a five point tax attached to that because i'm losing a free model which is obviously what you're turning around and taking and taking out of the taking out of the model yeah 100 percent. and, and you, you, we, in all the lists we've been playing internally it's just it, it's so much nicer like i'm a huge blind water player like personally i play everything internally but like when i go out and play at like cons in the club, I'm playing Blind Water. You keep that very quiet. <laughs> What's that? 
Oh, I keep it really quiet. No, yeah. not. And like, I would always want to take a Dracodile, but be like, well, the, the benefit's only for units and battle engines. And so I'm by taking a Dracodile, how many, I'm, I'm just losing a free solo yeah. period. And now I start my list with, okay, Dracodile and what else? I'm still getting my free Crock-Pots. You know, I'm still getting my free Soul Slaves or whatever else I want. And it's, I'm, we're really happy with the idea that people will be able to be a little bit more creative. And more importantly, that benefit of being able to take a free Merc Minion solo or unit in Theme Forces, a lot of people didn't use that previously because it just wasn't even contributing whatsoever to their points. And now I think you see a lot of, well, I'm going to put Alton Ashley in here. Well, I'm going to put Harlow or Gorman or whomever because they fill a role that my list can't. And it in no shape, form, or fashion penalizes me for doing so. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, personally for myself, having just looked at, you, you've obviously just had the uh, the dev chat involving Irregulars. Um, mm. For a couple of years now, I've been running Irregulars with uh, Snapdraw and Wrongiron. And the amount of people who've said, well, you could replace them with something else and have more points. Like, yeah, but I want Snapdraw and Wrongiron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it's nice to see that they can now be kind of, it's not hampering the list to kind of have them there. We want people to be able to play with the models they want, but we also understand that at the state War Machine's end, the game is so big that it is very difficult to be like a themeless world where it's just like, take anything you want. If you're a new player and you walked into this without these sort of like directed theme forces to be like, okay, I'm going to start Signar. Okay, I can play Trenchers. I can play Storm Knights. I can play Gun Mages. I have sort of an idea of the things I need to build around, but if it was just Signar in this day and age in 2019 War Machine, you'd be like, I don't even know what to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, but being able to open that up where you can take the model you want within that bracket, I think is a great thing. I, I admit it's, it's hard enough coming back into the game. I took about 18 months out or so and coming back in is hard enough. <clears throat> but as you say, the themes definitely help you focus on certain, well, certain themes, certain groups yeah. of armies within armies, aren't they? There, there are armies within the greater, the nation of Signal gives you, as you said, examples, you can have the gun majors or the storm division. You can have these kind of focused areas to focus on to concentrate on to buy models for rather than bit of this bit of that bit of everything yeah. and then actually it doesn't quite come together as you might want gives you guidelines doesn't it as well yeah and i mean you, you still can be a lunatic and take mm. no thing if you want there's nothing in the game that says you can't do that that's just not the way anyone plays it's just you put yourself at a 18 point disadvantage for doing so yeah we've actually, we've actually got a comment from um former host nick topham who's strangely have turned up on the youtube chat um mm -hmm. saying is there any worry that there will be one top tier choice in the um oh, i've got the name the the requisition uh, points uh that people will take two to three times in 75 point games and the others will get overlooked until they're adjusted that is something we definitely considered, and there will be choices that are It depends on your way you look at it and what your list is trying to do. So when we first looked at it, a couple of us brought up the question of why wouldn't you always just take the most expensive things? Um, and it may be because the list you're building, now that you can build anything you want within that theme force, those free models may not be the best choice. Is Finn the best choice in Gravediggers always? Often, yes. But depending on what you're doing in Gravediggers, maybe not, you know? Maybe you go for some kind of crazy list that's a, a couple structures, a bunch of weapon crews, and uh, more jack heavy because you just want to try stuff out. You know, is, is Finn what you want to reach for, or do you want to spend those requisition points on, say, free weapon crews so that you can buy a couple different jacks? I think if things become solved and the meta starts to settle, I think there will be a top 10% most taken free requisition options. That is inevitable, it's going to happen but I don't think it pushes out the other ones to where they won't be taken. 
And just the way we wrote the rules, the rules are written future-proof-wise, where they say things like free, small, or medium-based solo. So in a lot of the protectorate um, uh, theme forces, you can take one rack for free. Is anyone ever going to do that? No. Um, so that one's already pushed to the bottom. It's just not even a viable option, you know, but you could if you wanted to. So I think there will be a top and a middle, but I don't think that there, the top will just be a handful of selections. I think it'll be a little, little bit wider than people might expect. I think the multiple, the multiple selections are the ones that, that draw the eye in some of the things where, where you can have, where you can have two mechanics or two, two, you know, <clears throat> hopefully two, two trances, but let's not go down that rabbit hole. But, um, <laughs> funny but, you should mention that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you I mean, can, right? both Crucible Guard theme forces, one a requisition bullet point on both of them is, is two transfers. I think it's also two, don't quote me on this, but I think it is two mechanics is a bullet point. That's less exciting. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> or it might be three. I'd have to have oh. my notes in. Oh, it might be three mechanics. Two try. I, I don't know on that one. I'm gonna end up saying the wrong thing. Piss people no, off. Right. It, yeah, yeah, two chances was kind of leaked or, or mentioned a while ago, but we haven't seen it in in black and white. That but it's good to hear it. from the horse's mouth, yeah. so to speak. But at the same point as well, for a lot of those ones where I think you get two solos for one choice, there's some of them that are like FA three. So it becomes well, if you take the next one. I'm guessing you're capped to like one more model off the next one if you take it twice or so the way that works is the requisition is when you choose a bullet point just imagine it's adding those things to your army for free so it can't break FA so let's say you have an FA4 model and one of the requisition options is three of that model that means you can only take that requisition bullet point once because if you tried to take it again it would try to put you up to six which is which is illegal which means if you want the fourth one you're going to have to pay points for it. But in most of those solo cases, we're talking about solos that cost one or two points anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. That's that. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it does sound like there's a, there's a, there's a good backing to kind of what you're doing here with the theme forces. And to be honest, I, I'm really looking forward to, uh, I think you said that possibly this Friday when they're going to be released. God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and with this is also kind of how we're going to be doing balance updates too. So there's a dynamic update coming with Oblivion that didn't go through CID. That's been internal testing. A lot of his points drops, a couple of little rules changes. Um, Cause CID is slowing down massively. Um, and we're going to do balance updates. I don't want to say like two times a year, three times a year, uh, much slower than it had been where it's stuff we've been testing internally things we know we want to change. And we're going to do them because the previous cycle of CID was far too fast. Um, it was test this new thing, then a balance update comes out based on it. Then test the new thing, balance update, and like it, it comes. It was hard to keep up with. Yeah, it was, yeah, and also the meta. The meta should be driven by the players, not by us. We nudge it when we release new things, but we should not be driving. We should not be controlling the speed at which it rotates, and we were because the players were simply waiting for CID to occur and then adjusting to it. And that doesn't give players time to innovate and be like, well, Iona devours host as the natural predator right now. So how can we beat it? Or, you know, right now it's all I'm seeing is exalted uh, Zal two. They, we were seeing a lot of, well, I'll wait for CID for my faction to answer it. Not I'll use the tools I have now to try and overcome it. Yeah. Which is what it should be. So we're hoping <laughs> the slower rate goes back to the, the proper way of doing it. Well, it's interesting you saying um, sort of uh, slowing down CID. I, I mean, there's a kind of a, a another big question that kind of stems off this that comes from Oblivion, mm -hmm. in that this seems to be kind of 
looking back to the old um, anthology style books. Yeah. Is, is that something that rather than, um, I think it was the command books we're seeing at the start and sort of potentially going to theme forces, but are you looking more at sort of the anthology style releases from now on, or is that kind of still very much early in development and not kind of it, it, it's it's well i can't even call this an anthology book right because oblivion has the infernals in it and then it's got honestly just a ton of mercenary models hmm. you've got all new archons which are mercenary minion you've got a, the order of illumination order order of Illum- <laughs> <laughs> well said uh order of illumination models which are all mercenary so in this there are hardly any faction specific you know just a kador solo and so on like that um and i think you'll see a lot of releases that will be what is the storyline and what are the forces directly involved that we want to release models for so i don't think you'll see an anthology book where it's one it's the same thing for every faction but it might be like this next book is crick signar and crucible guard or this next book is convergence retribution and you know scorn okay so we're not going back to the kind of uh, there's no no danger of going back to the <clears throat> one heavy one light what uh new caster or no the the old parody style of doing things where everything, yeah. everybody was getting the same thing at the same time i don't i i would be surprised if that happened i have to be honest though i missed the i missed even with even that aside <clears throat> i missed because that was the there was an important trying to be quote unquote fair to everyone and balanced wasn't there but i do miss the the fluff mixed with the rules mixed with the um the new kind of chapter of of story that, and why these models where these models come from or where these yeah. kind of that i miss that i enjoy to enjoy that a lot well and i think that's what oblivion oblivion gives you a ton of fiction and why these models are showing up but instead of suddenly everyone has colossals we can specifically tell the story as it makes sense and at this point the amount of models available per faction yeah if we add an extra two command attachments to Kador and don't give it to everyone else. Does it really matter? Like it, it more is just like, are we, we're not doing a disservice to other people by not doing that. We're just providing more options where we see it's necessary. And then we'll add things. Maybe Signar gets, an, you know, a new character heavy instead. I don't think we have to keep those levels exactly even anymore. Just as long as all the factions are, if you're a faction player, you're getting something engaging. I suppose that and, I suppose perhaps going back to the themes, it's almost more important that the themes are balanced in that sense of yes. that the range of models is, is comparable between different themes. Therefore, yeah. it doesn't really matter how much is in the faction as such. Yeah, it, this is something we talked about uh, internally. Is like if we put out a, a faction and we're like, okay, for the next year, what we're going to do is we're going to make a different version of a mechanic for every theme they have available because you know, let's just say in this hypothetical, they really need mechanics. They have no ways to repair, and other factions are getting a new caster and a new jack. You know, that's what we would do if that's what made sense and that's what we needed to needed to do at this point. Luckily, we're not in that position because you know that'd probably be a lot. Le- less exciting for said faction that was only getting mechanics, but <laughs> we're, we're trying to do the right thing. And Riot Quest, luckily, is able to also fill in a lot of those holes and sort of spot fill different places. Nice segue. Like that. That's uh, good. Thank you. Actually, I have been loving looking at some of the just like War Machine styled, but insane versions yeah. that Riot Quest has been throwing up. Like, here's the thing. Like, what is this? Okay, yeah. it looks cool, but what is it? <laughs> it's a pig in a tank. What? <clears throat> so, yeah, Riot Quest is also going to be at Gen Con. It's a board, skirmish board game coming out that uses hobby miniatures. It's an alternate universe, uh, alternate timeline. It's a post-apocalyptic war machine where basically the Infernals come and the good guys lose. 
the Infernals claim two-thirds of humanity, and they leave, and the world is left a smoldering ruin. And it is, it is Saturday morning cartoon War Machine is the look and the feel of it, where you have all these survivors and, and heroes and these gritty characters mixed in with these insane characters running around the, the ruins of the old Iron Kingdoms trying to gain as much treasure and loot as they can to graft together these weapons and armor to survive in the Mad Max future of, you know, the wasteland. Um, the game plays 20 minutes, multiplayer, ton of fun, super easy to pick up and play. And I was really happy we demoed it at Lock and Load. Everybody who played it, they got into it the way, as a game designer, you like to see people get into it. They weren't just playing it and like at the end going, this is fun. They were like yelling and cheering and laughing. And they, were, they, made, they made the noise I love to hear the most, which is when somebody rolls the dice and everyone at the table goes, oh, <laughs> hear that? You're like, got it. Uh, nice. And so, I, I've got to say, everything that I've—I I mean, I've, I've heard some sort of the, the briefest of opinions, but everything I've heard from it's been really positive, and people saying, "Oh, I'm really looking forward to this." Oh, it was—it's was like one of the best things I've played for in a while, and it's—it seems to have a real buzz around it. It's so different than than many of the things we've done, it, you know, because War Machine's so deep and strategic, and Monster Apocalypse, a ton of fun, but it has a definite level of strategy. And then Riot Quest is just. Seriously, I want to sit down with some rum and let's have some, let's cook a little bit and have something to eat and just play a board game. And this is a board game I can play with my friends that don't play games. Yeah. Um, or children. I think that's another thing that appeals. Is that yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a kid-friendly way into War Machine. It's a kind of a... Because War Machine, I've tried War Machine with my eldest and, and she likes the idea and she likes the, the setting and she likes games, but it's just a bit too much going on in War Machine for 12, I think. It's a bit too... Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. And, and what do I mean? Play so we had multiple playtesters, and I was playtesting with our more competitive people. And then Tony, our video producer, is this like, super hardcore family man, plays the kind of games he wants to play with his family. He ended up being my lead playtester on the game, uh, just playing it and giving me all this great feedback. And then Matt Wilson's son, Griffin, was one of the first playtesters on the game, and he's eight. Wow. Uh, and, and getting that feedback and then uh, Travis Marg um, known as Dark Legacy is one of the Infernals uh, I had him do a little bit of early testing as well and he tested it at home with his son uh, and so getting the feedback of somebody who knows the deep levels of War Machine like Travis does you know right he's like the rules one of the rules guys for the game yeah. uh, giving me feedback mixed in with his, like, his son's feedback was, was really useful and that's what I was looking for out of the game I think the fact that you the evidence that you guys are going to keep supporting as well, the, the, the numbers of models you've talked about that are coming, the, the variety that's coming, and the fact it's not coming all at once. It's, you've got you know, I don't know, something like an 18-month release program for what you've got planned now, let alone going beyond that. Absolutely, yeah. We, there'll be 30 shows for the game between now and next lock and load, and I've already developed stuff out through 2021 at this mm. point. And that's good, because that, that helps you engage with the game, the fact you think it, that knowing that it's going to get supported, that there's more coming, that that chances are means there'll be more maps coming in the future. There'll be more variety, more yes, yeah. probably an expansion in, you know, sometime next year, or, uh, you know, kind of, I don't mean, yeah, just a, expand, a board game style expansion where there's a kind of bolt on the side or that kind of, it kind of gives you that hope that as you start playing it, that there'll be more to play later. It won't just be, here you go. That's your lot. Which it, it, is fun, but I'm, I'm really happy they handed me this game because I play a lot of board games and I play a lot of games like this. And so when it came to developing a product plan, I kind of knew what I as a player would want to see in terms of expansions, both individual heroes and then big box expansions that added on to my maps and added on. Mm. And 
So I was happy that we made a game that we had the opportunity to kind of do that style of expansion, which we've never done really before in the past. And it's good because, you know, we as a company want to reach out to the larger community. We, we have our community, but there's so many other people that are tangential, you know, uh, children that we've been talking about. Loved ones, friends that maybe they don't want something as deep as War Machine. Well, board, board games is a massive audience as well, isn't it? It's way bigger than than tabletop war gaming, and, it's, and also it's exploded recently as well, hasn't it? There's so many people yeah. playing board games now. It's not niche anymore, is it? Board games, they're, no. they're very main mainstream now. Yeah, and, and being able to get our players playing this game with the other people that enjoy those styles of games that might have been intimidated or not interested in War Machine is, in my opinion, a great thing. I think one of the the the, the big things about uh, Royal Quest for me is uh, I think it was a uh, something you were saying at the uh, lock and load keynote mm-hmm. where you were kind of saying, okay, so you asked to pitch certain things uh, and yeah. you kind of went basically as wacky as you could and just yeah. Kind of went, yeah okay, it's like I want a thing on a motorcycle, okay. Yeah, so that meeting happened in the room where I'm recording this, and the story is they when they handed it to me, Matt already had the first like. 10 characters like Eris, Gubbin, Dez, the ones you're seeing. And we knew we were going much further. And he was like, okay, if you've got any ideas, hit me up. And I was like, oh, you give me a little bit. I come back to you. We met like the next day. And I was like, so you, he told me Saturday morning cartoon, post-apocalyptic Iron Kingdoms, everything has gone to hell. And I just went wild with the stuff I suggested. And he greenlit everything I said. <laughs> That's awesome. <sighs> And I mean, the first one I told him, the first one I told him was, I was like, okay, I want to make a large base model that is four naysayers on one base, and they are one's death, dressed up like death, war, you know, pestilence and famine, and that the Grimkin are having the time of their life, like this is <laughs> and loving it, and we'll call them the four horsey mans. And Max, nice. this huge smile goes in his face, and he's like, "What's the name of their weapon?" I'm like, "We'll call it a Paca Whips." And he was like, oh, sold. And then it just kept going. And yeah, it was it was a really fun, creative, like we just bounced ideas back off each other and, and we were laughing and having a good time. And the other thing I was thinking about is, so all these models are also, you know, they've got their own rules in Riot Quest because Riot Quest rules are very different than War Machine. They're very simple. But very early on, we knew we wanted to co-develop rules for War Machine and Hordes for every model we put out. And they they put me in charge of doing both the riot quest and the warp channel models. And part of it was creating things that we were talking about filling holes for theme forces and not having the same parody across factions that we would be able to do that with. Um, so for example, Dr. Stygius is a new Cephalix and, you know, in, in riot quest, he's one of the few models that counts as a healer. He's like a support class. He can walk up and remove damage and do very Cephalix things. You would think a Cephalix might do, but okay. in a very broad open sense whereas in war machine he's a warcaster attachment you know and he's got spell slave and he's got an ability that adds focus to monstrosities and things that goes in and adds uh, a, a piece to the cephalix theme force that they don't have and thanks to riot quest we can sort of spot fill these little pieces with all these new characters coming out it's it's been interesting it. watching some of these these characters coming along because you've kind of you've got uh did you stay at the cephalix and you've got uh was it butcher coming for kador yes um as a new a new solo is it this time or yes it is yeah. butcher without his warcaster armor and he's gone completely batshit and he is uh got a fell axe chained to his hands and he's just a pure combat solo that you can take in the uh the wolves of winter uh, theme force because they only had so many real combat solos you could take in that one. Yeah, obviously had Fenris, but Fenris also had 
his place in, in providing buffs for the nearby Doom Reavers. We wanted something that was a little tougher and tankier that could be in the front line with the rest of your units of Doom Reavers and be a real threat. Like, wade into a unit of medium-based infantry and, like, you have to really allocate some resources to remove them. Because, let's be honest, Doom Reavers are a little squishy. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I know that. I used to play 30 of them at the time, so... I used to miss, I used to miss a lot. Maybe uh, sh- shut up, you. <laughs> Quiet. Um... Yeah, and so we're just going to get weird. We're going to get weird with Riot Quest, and we're going to put out some cool stuff, and hopefully everybody has fun playing with it in, in both games. And, uh, you know, I say that, a lot of people won't. A lot of people are going to play them in just War Machine, and a lot of people are going to play them in just Riot Quest. The cross-section that are going to play it in both games is the minority, but at least the option exists. Well, I, I think for myself personally, I'm looking at this going, yes, this is great for War Machine because I know a lot of the mercenaries. But at the same point, I've got a group of friends who don't, do wargaming and but they're big in the board games like i think i could probably pitch this to them because it sounds like positive positive but stupid enough at the same time like (laughs) they'll sit there they'll roll dice and they'll go things have happened what's happened (laughs) explosions excellent carry on um yeah, and, and in terms of like those kind of players, we, we put out the tutorial video today. And so like, if I remember correctly, the War Machine and Horde tutorial video was like 30, 45 minutes. The Monpark one was around the same time. The tutorial video for Riot Quest with like a narrative intro is at like 13 minutes. Uh, it's the kind of thing that you could sit there and literally watch on a smoke break and you gotta walk away playing the game. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I have to be honest. I think, I suppose the nearest thing I've got to a board gaming group is my daughters and my nephews and yeah i think they'll they'll be from what they've seen already they're very interested i think they'll be more interested with physical models to get hold of and look at and because it'd be simpler than i mean it's, they've, they've got into other other gaming companies kind of more tabletop kind of board gaming style things but none of it's really stuck this might be another an interesting diversion from other things and to be honest the, the, the thing that is both a draw for some people and we know will be a difficulty for others is that it is a hobby miniatures board game mm. uh, and for some people, they want to play just a board game where they open it up, pieces are pre-made, they're pre-colored, pop them on the board and play. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we are a miniatures company. It's, we, we make these great miniatures. So we knew we were going to make it to where you had to build them and, and, and paint them. And we're obviously not the first ones to do that. There are plenty of other companies doing hex-based arena skirmish games where you build and paint the miniatures. Um, so we know that that market exists. And that's the one thing that we do hope a lot of people that are interested have those people in the community that, that will help them build their first miniature, help them prime their first miniature. And even if they just prime them, like my team's blue, they don't paint them. As yeah. long as you're having fun, that's what matters. Do you think that that was, um, cause obviously this is the sort of third game board game in the iron kingdoms. So if you're counting, is it the Undercity? Mm-hmm. stuff do you think lessons learned from that was wanting to continue to make miniatures that were you know easier to paint and collect rather than just the board game sort of pieces that came in those is this uh, and and will this lead to more sort of board games like this or are there going to be more sort of other ones set in the iron kingdoms again yes i we definitely learned lessons when we did understanding when we did whatever is what and the process of making a pre-made plastic miniature that comes in a board game and what, you know, a, a engineered cut resin metal miniature, they're so vastly different. Um, is doing the Whitworth Wood and Undercity style off the table? No. You know, we will do stuff like that again in the future. But I think at the moment, our preference is to do kind of what I think we're best at 
which is those you get more detail out of the classic hobby miniature than you can out of the board game piece. And with Riot Quest, because they were also, we knew they were going to have the cross promotion with War Machine of Hordes. We definitely wanted to go that route. It's like when Warcaster comes out, Warcaster will be a hobby miniatures game, but it's also a war game. I don't think many people are expecting that to be board game pieces. But if we did another Undercity style game, which we might in the future, I would, I could very easily see us going back to doing the, the board game plastic style. Well, one thing that kind of uh, springs to mind, actually, with seeing the, the miniatures for Riot Quest is that they almost feel like they're something that either came around in like development heads at the same time as Mini Crate or something that sprang from it as kind of like, we want to do something a bit different. You know, we want to do this alternate take, this, this strange bit of the Iron Kingdoms. You know, I, that would that is a purely Matt Wilson because the concept, the idea of the Saturday morning look and the storyline is all Matt. That that you know, the, the Iron Kingdoms are Matt's baby, and the storyline of Warcaster, the storyline of War Machine, the storyline of Ride Quest. You know, I can pitch characters, but it's it's his concept. So for all I know, Matt was sitting on his couch with his eight year old son, and they were watching He Man, and he went, <laughs> "Well, I know what we're doing next." I, I couldn't. I couldn't necessarily speak to that part of it. Ah, fair enough. I can see what you mean, then. I can see what you mean, then, Mike. He does. I can see the extrapolated view. I hadn't thought of it myself until you said. But you can kind of, well, alternative sculpts. You know, uh, Ashley with wings, or no, it was Eris with wings, and all these kind of different ideas and almost alternate timeline kind of sculpts. And suddenly that almost a game. But yeah, it doesn't sound like that's been a train of thought. But I hadn't. I hadn't thought of it that way. But I can see what you mean entirely. Well, I mean, well, while we're talking about alternate stuff, uh, one of the uh, things you mentioned earlier was um, looking at, uh, was it Gorman the Mad? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Gorman the Mad is, a, a lot of people have looked at him and it's really caught their eyes because it's Gorman with this alchemical sludge cannon with this giant pipe that goes with this huge backpack, almost like Ghostbuster style that he's wearing. It's just full of all kinds of stuff. It looks totally um, awesome. It just looks amazing. Yeah, and I love his pose. Because his pose is classic Scooby-Doo creeping down the hallway. <laughs> right? Like, I can see his knees lifting almost to his chest with every step. <laughs> um, so, you know, in, in Riot Quest, he's... Uh, one of the big things about Riot Quest is you're, as you play the game and you're, you're, you're fighting over these dynamic bounties every turn, you're, you're earning gear and you spend gear points to put equipment on your characters. And the equipment you put on is sort of like dynamically customizing your characters mid-game. So you get a little different experience every single time. Gorman in that game is one of the only characters that can just break gear off of people. If he hits you with a sludge cannon, any gear equipped to the character is just discarded. Oh, wow. Um, and in Riot Quest, every character has a really well-defined role. You've got you know, your beaters, your, your support, your healers, your tricksters, your range. And then you've got people like Gorman where he's sort of like a debuff specialist. And that's why you take him on your crew. Um, so going with that, when I designed his War Machine of Hordes rules, it was like, well, what do we want to do with Gorman that still feels Gorman? Because the original Gorman got blind bombs. Man, it is really hard to beat blind bombs. Um, and I know he had this, I'd seen the concept, he has this big sludge cannon, and I'm like, well, that's got to be a spray attack, right? There's no way that's not a spray. Yeah. So obviously he can't have blind spray. Because that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, you know, what can we give him instead? So he's got typical Gorman stats. You know, he's speed six, he's rat six, def 14, arm 12. He's got stealth, he's immune to corrosion and fire. Um, he has gunfighter, so you can spray Ooh. that. 
day, nice. wherever you are. Nice. Um, he's a partisan crucible guard. I uh, hope so. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Gorman, uh, the original Gorman became partisan crucible guard. I'm like, well, there's no reason he wouldn't be in this. Uh, he's got the alchemical mask, like number one. He drops smoke bombs, like the original one. But what it came down to is what we could do with that spray attack that would be multi-use, you know, because he's a merc that works for, let me see, Crucible Arcade yeah. <laughs> and Protector. Okay. So, um, and it was like, what can we give these factions that could be kind of cool? So first it was like, okay, base damage. It's it's PAL-12, so one of his, he has three attack types on it, like three nozzles. And it's like, first one will just be the acid wash. It does corrosion damage and it causes corrosion continuous effect. That's the, you know, he's hitting you with toxic waste. Easy peasy. You, know, you always want to have that baseline one that just does damage. Yeah. Okay, let's give something that could be a little bit more useful. So the second one was Etheric Blast, which is PAL-8. If it overlaps any cloud effects, the cloud effects disappear and it's crit knockdown. So that would retaliate, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, so, yeah, yeah, it's same as Retalia, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's the same, yeah, and he's a crucible guard, and we're like, okay, this makes sense. Maybe he looted the, the, the goo out of a uh, yeah. uh, retaliator because it's post-apocalyptic, so we'll give him the etheric blast. And being able to remove cloud walls is very strong. Uh, and with gunfighter, there's different angles you can possibly mm. get that spray off, right? And, and it doesn't and, make it, it just and cheaper it. than and cheaper than a retaliator, excellent. Yeah, by far, because he's yeah. only uh he's only five points. Yeah, or free. Yeah, or free. And then for the third one is like, okay, well, we need something to replace the blind, and it can't be blind. Um, so he's hitting people with toxic waste. What could it be? We decided on weaken. So he's got a spray eight with weaken that all living models hit by a negative two strength and defense. Ooh, nice. Ooh, okay. Blind esh with the negative minus four defense, but even then, like being if you're facing against hordes and you hit a line of yeah. work and you give them all negative two strength and defense. That's very strong. And the only one of these that's damage typed is the acid wash. So if you run against immunity corrosion forces, you can hit them with the weakened spray and it still counts as a PAL 12 and then also gets that effect off of them. Um, and so that's kind of where we went with Gorman the Mad was just still make him the debuff character that he kind of was in the first one. Give him the smoke bombs and the stealth and the immunities and everything. But let's change up his arsenal and what he's doing and have it still feel like Gorman when you put him on the table. So his rules to me actually feel like one of these slightly more sane versions of a riot. <laughs> I think people that if they didn't see his concept art and looked at the model, they would go, is this Gorman? Like it would make sense. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it, not unlike the way we all saw Sylvester and we're like, is that Gorman too? Who's that? Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Idea. Versus like when people see the four horsemans for the first time, they're going to look at the rules. <laughs> they're going to be like, I can't believe they let him do this. <laughs> I, I've got to say, from what you're talking about, I, I'm already looking forward to running Gorman with McBain just for that turn. Like, yeah, he's got gunfire. So I'll just run him out the front, shoot some stuff. And then, oh yeah, he's, he's super tough. It's fine. Yeah. It's he, he's a ton of fun. I, I think the one, the models we've shown so far, I think the ones that have really excited people, people saw black Bella. who was like privateer Finn, basically in terms of how much she's got killing spree, duelist, uh, weapon master attacks with one inch range and she's a privateer thamorite you know we, we put all her rules up and then people saw Bamfist who's a rulic merc who has power which is always great uh, and then the ability to give force barrier to rulic models which is always great nice uh, you know battle wizard and other, other cool things and that's the thing is, is we want people to see these riot quest models on War Machine and go that's cool that's something I will I will want to play with a couple of times maybe it's not my top competitive list maybe it is but whatever it is it's fun and i'm going to enjoy the model i bought mm. yeah i'm liking the way they add as you said as you, at the start 
your examples are definitely showing adding things that weren't there before or yeah yeah or, or fitting, very much fitting into theme but kind of going oh well you haven't got this in the army at the moment and it, it complements the other abilities the other the other I, i'll have to tell you a story real fast i have to reiterate that argument sometimes even to be on dev team because we review, you know, I, I draft the things and I show the show the rules to them, and then we re review it and they give me feedback and we change a couple of things. I did Captain Crawtooth. Captain Crawtooth is the Gatorman with the sailor outfit and the giant hook. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we're going over his War Machine Hordes rules, and he's a Gatorman privateer solo. And the first rule I said was he's got no sleeping on the job Gatorman. And they looked at me and they're like, "Your bias is showing." And I'm like, "No, this is." <laughs> I'm like, it's not. And they're like, Maylock quad posse with this is absurd. And I'm like, we'll play it. And so we played a few games with it, and it turned out to be really good, but not a problem. And so, like, even sometimes I have to reiterate the argument that we're adding something new that the faction doesn't have that has a clear use. Like, no knockdown on your Gatorman posse. Yeah. <laughs> I think that actually sounds like a, a key thing that um, quite a few people could um, stand to learn lessons from because sometimes you read a card and go, well, this is clearly insane. But who who would ever make this? And yeah. then you play it on the table and go, "Oh no, that's actually quite niche." Yeah, but it works, but it's niche. It's fine. Well, actually, I, I, you, you made me think of trances again, not without hammering home the crucible card. But when you first, when I first saw trances, you go, "Oh, they're quite great. They're quite interesting. Put them on the table. Don't redo really anything." The first four times you play them, they don't kind of do anything, and then suddenly you a charge a jack with one and realize that you've slammed it across the table and it's knocked down and you can beat the living devils out of it now. And somehow that didn't quite come through from reading it. Yes. Yet the power of this three point solo against these big, heavy robot things. And you're going to go, Oh, I can just hide it in the forest the whole time. It could quite happily charge out of the forest at the jack, knock it towards you, at least knock it sideways. And you go, Oh, that's dead then, isn't it? It's interesting how these things come out when you actually come to play them. Yeah. It, it, that, that is a hard thing. And I, I, even I had to learn that being here is like when I, I remember when I first started, the first model I ever play tested for the company was, I want to say an early version of the Siege and a Mantrax. Uh -huh. And I gave just a ton of feedback immediately. And they kind of gave me that, who are you look? And uh, then threw it on the table and realized, yeah, I was wrong. Everything I was saying was totally wrong. And, and I had to really temper that because you know, I came from my meta playing in a lot of tournaments and just being, having that mentality of, I can read it and know, you know, I can just read it and know. And sometimes you can, sometimes that is the correct, you can read something and you can get a good feel and you can get a good, uh, and you're 90% there, but until you actually play it and, and see those synergies, there might be something you're missing. Yeah. Theory I, machine I, only gets you halfway there. I totally agree. I think yeah. the biggest one that I've seen, it's, it's been repeatedly cause I, I play crows cutthroats quite a lot and I, I know you've buffed them and it makes me very happy. Um, but, I put Kuros Cutthroats on the table as a min unit, just like six bodies, and people go, oh, I, I know they're not good. I, I've, I've heard off various Facebook groups that they're, they're not good. And just ignore them. And then the first time they move, it's like, okay, okay they're going to move six, and they're going to shoot you, and then they're going to move five, and you can just see the look on their face as they go, um, they've got reposition five, y yes. And stealth, yes. And, and they're ADing. Yes. <laughs> oh, 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 and, and, they've got, and they've got Pathfinder as well, yes. And Backstab, Yes. Oh, and then all of a sudden, two turns later, they're standing like just around the flag that they plan their caster to be on the entire game. Mm -hmm. and they can't put him there because their back will be to him. Like, oh, well, I, I guess I'll score CPs and you won't. It's yeah. just so many times where people look at units and just dismiss them and you kind of, you can do something fantastic with them. And I, I've always loved Crows um, and I felt 
you know, we, we felt they just needed a little bit more, just a little something to really, I mean, because this is a character unit. You're not going to be taking multiples of this. And they're supposed to be badass assassins. And Prey just felt like it fixed so many of their problems. I, I will be very happy to play with that. That's, that's all I can say. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Uh, we don't actually have one question from, uh, again, former host Nick Topham. Um, yeah. Why the name Riot Quest? Uh, you know, that's a Matt question, but if I had to guess, the idea is that the Iron Kingdoms are smoldering, there's nothing left, and the survivors are just running around like mad trying to snatch up everything they can to survive. So basically, it's a giant riot. And you're going to the ancient fortresses and dungeons and kingdoms that used to be places of grandeur that are now ruined. So you're going on a quest of survival. So if I had to guess, it is a riot quest. Okay. That, that, okay. that yeah. kind of makes sense. That kind of makes sense. So. I've, um, I've, I've been sent a couple of questions. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them I will disregard because they've been asked before. I think you've been asked. There's certainly one of them before, Will. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, uh, uh, there's a Helga 2 question. As in, Helga 2 has been spoiled and uh, um, yeah. mode of transport has been spoiled um, yeah. as well. And the question, I'll paraphrase, is uh, does this allude to potentially some kind of pig motorcycle cavalry in the future? Or it, other it kind not. of? <laughs> it does not. <laughs> uh, no, Hel Helga on wheels is she's designed to take meat threshers and roadhogs and to have a Mad Max looking pharaoh army. Oh, she herself awesome. is just a badass. She's like one of the fastest moving, moving hardest hitting hordes of warlocks that's going to come out. Um, but there's, there's not going to be other models coming out that complete. You're not going to see Valkyries on motors. <laughs> there's, there's no plan for that at the moment. Now, at any moment, this, this podcast can come out and all of a sudden Matt calls me up and he's like, we're doing Valkyries on motorcycles. And I'll be like, <laughs> hell yes, we are. Let's do it. But, uh, no plan. No plan. Cool. Uh, uh, very much, very much looking forward to seeing some of some of the insane things that I know you've got planned for it. So we'll yeah. uh, we'll leave it at that one. Cool. Um, okay. Well, I think you've uh, you said you kind of you want to be with us for about an hour because uh, I know you're very deep into uh, Gen Con prep at this point. Yeah, we're we're basically doing the the proofing of War Room to have everything launch here in a couple days. So we're we're having to go and build lists and test exceptions for every theme force, every caster, every everything. So what you're saying is, if War Room's late, it's our fault. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Alex's fault. Let's be specific. I think. Uh, yeah, I blame Alex too. Yeah, <laughs> I okay. blame me to be fair. Well, well, it's it's been very lovely speaking to you. Uh, is there anything kind of uh, that you'd like to kind of just uh, say at this point or promote or? Yeah, happy one hundredth! Congratulations! Oh, thank, you. thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. I realised that when we started got into it, we didn't actually start with that as a kind of a thing. Yeah. We'll let it end somewhere. Yeah, Mike could do that. Uh, no, a hundred episodes is incredibly impressive. Well done. I hope you go for another hundred more. Um, I think stuff like this is great. I mean. Anytime I get into a new game or I get into a new hobby, the first thing I look for is podcasts and videos and what is the community like? Let me know what I'm getting into. There's been things I have gotten away from because I went and listened to a couple of podcasts and they were all really negative and vulgar. And so stuff like this show that's very positive and happy and, and invested is great. So happy 100th. I hope you keep it going. Thank you very much. Cheers. It's, Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure so far. Uh, thank you, Will. I will let you get to it. I'm gonna I'm gonna get off the call and I'm gonna head back to War Room, okay? 
no, it's it's been lovely having you. So I very much appreciate it. You, right. you, you heard it here first. You said I'm positive. He did. <laughs> He's only just met you though, Ben. Oh yeah. Uh, no, yeah. No, no, I've met well before. <laughs> it's funny when you talk on this because all that comes up is your little avatar right now, and it's just blowing me away every time I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. I hope the rest of your show is good, okay? Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks. Bye. Well, that was uh, a good old time with uh, Mr. Hungerford there. Um, we are back several days after the initial recording. Uh, we travel. Like weeks. <laughs> rabble, rabble, rabble. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we pretty much have the OG Elite Cadre plus Bench. You know, he's still here. Um, but we have, in fact, resurrected Nick. Say hello, Hi, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> We're so coordinated, <laughs> it's the best. It's, it's the like worst. episode one all over again. It's, great. it's the worst when Alex is actually audible. It's better when he's in a fucking submarine. Oh, right. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for one, am glad that Alex has joined at least the 20th century with his microphone equipment because being able to hear him rather than just hearing this distant whisper that sort of convinces you you're going slightly mad. Um, it's much of an improvement. I thought you were going to say, I, for one, welcome our new Alex Overlords. So it just sounded like it was going to go down that route. But I, I, think, I think it's the weird... It's, it's, what you can hear, all you can hear is this beard trying to take over the world like some kind of Cthulhu-esque. I don't know. Has <laughs> he ben? actually got a beard? Or is... Oh, Ben never saw it, did he? Oh, no. Should we turn the camera back on? No. Get, 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 get Are, you clothes? Clothes? Are you wearing clothes? <laughs> Are you wearing clothes? There he is. He wasn't for Hungerford. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. That is a beard. That is a beard. Oh, what do you, what do, you, do you make your own homebrew alcohol and <laughs> no. wear no, shorts I, I, 24-7? No, but he just plait it and uh, wear, wear an axe over his back at weekends. Oh, you Maybe larper. it's an additional load. You dirty larper. I am absolutely not a larper. <laughs> I've never larped in my, in my adult or adolescent life. Are you sure? Yeah. I've known some very nice larpers. They're, they're, they're fine people, just, you know, 
don't anger them too much uh, because a LARP weapon to the face often offends. You just don't don't ask them about LARP either because then they tend to talk about it. We apologise to our LARPing audience who may be offended by this segment. Isn't that just like one person? No, it really is not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. The entire audience. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see. Oh, in that case, yes. <laughs> Greetings no, no, to no, our no, audience, no. all, none of you. Um, no, it's, We've uh, not really we... advertised that we're recording, though, have we? No, we haven't this evening. because We don't really generally advertise that we go live. We just happen to be live um, because it's easier to record this way. We, we uh, peaked with um, somebody who was actually interesting. And now we're off a peak. <laughs> well, it was actually nice to have... Um, Will hunger for that and kind of. <laughs> I thought you were going to say someone who's interesting then. <laughs> <laughs> it took us a hundred episodes to get to even get someone from PP on. Uh, although Again. we didn't ask before then. So, I was going to say I didn't ask for that. No, um, but that um, no, was uh, it was it was a different experience to have someone who actually you know knew what they were talking about on the show. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's at least played the game more than ten Once, times this twice. year. Mm. Mm. I think he's probably played the game about ten times the, today. Dragon? Bloody hell. Poor He's guy. Pretty, pretty if, if, if by Quest the game we're referring to Riot Quest. Yeah. Yeah. Riot Quest is very much a thing. Did and that sell anybody on the podcast? Did anybody want to I, pick it up? I was tempted. already buying it. Yeah, well, tempted. The thing is for me, it's... Uh, okay, L- looking at the economics of it, um, I know the US prices, don't know the UK prices yet, but it's a $50 box for five mercenary solos. Well, four, uh, four mercenaries and one signal. So even if I didn't play the game, I would be buying the box. Makes sense. Yeah, because, because all the models in Riot Quest have War Machine rules. Yeah, that surprised me when he said that. And that makes yeah. it a bit more interesting. Um, and, and almost all of them are minion and mercenaries. Yeah. Which Either makes sense, right? Because then they can it be does. everywhere. Well, to be fair, Captain Leg Day is... Um, Signal. So, yeah. as re- someone who's been out of War Machine and doesn't really have any interest in playing it, it interested me because I like little skirmish games. That was what first got me into War Machine. It mm. just grew into a beast where you put so many goddamn models on the table. Oh, it's. I, I will say with the new theme forces, it's only got bigger. Oh wow! But not, um, not only that, the theme forces tried to make it seem smaller, and yet having just bought a, a whole War Machine army in the last nine, ten months, yeah. It's still a hell of a lot of money, in real terms. Is it is it time that's the only factor that stops you probably from playing at this point? Or uh, time needing to lug the models somewhere. Just now living in central London means got to take them on the tube, and that's a hassle. And yeah, mm. yeah, I've, oh, I've done more. Boys all grown up, <laughs> living in the big city. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of makes you well. well you're, li- you're living in a wigwam now, aren't you? With your fucking beard. Don't all hippie on us. Wow. Sorry, sorry. I get. It's just really beardy. Never mind. Look, he's <laughs> trying to be a Canadian ice hockey oh, okay. follower. No, he's a lumberjack who does like part-time amateur ice hockey. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm a lumberjack, and I'm okay. And everything that comes with that. Actually, what happens to you playing Infinity? Uh, not a lot, to be honest. He actually tried playing it. Did he? That's what happened. And then he stopped. Well, that's what usually happens. Yeah. Again, it's uh, as as uh, Nick 
use as an, as an excuse. You time don't live use. in London. No, no, no. I'm using the time part of his excuse. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, time yeah, is money, friends. Time is a factor. Mm. It is. I will admit that uh, in the years that I've been wargaming, and we still haven't found a, a, a good solution for carting models around on car. public, tra- car. Car. On public yeah. transport. Like, yeah, it's, it's still sorry. called a car bench. Y- y- you mean the peasant wagon bench? Yes, yes. Well, okay. if if you are in like a, a city situation, in fairness, in central London, why would you ever drive? That that, that is kind of yeah, a, a valid like, thing. Yeah, That's a mistake driving yeah. in London. Yes, if if I was in London and I was lugging models around, I would probably use the solution I have for Games Expo, which is something on wheels. I thought you were going to ship them there before the. <laughs> yeah, I, I FedEx all my models to the <laughs> venue before I play, even on club nights. Yeah, yeah. You need to hire a Sherpa. What you mean, Conrad? No, no just a. Well, maybe I don't know. That might Is, be isn't that a tank? Isn't that a cup of tank? <laughs> isn't that a Sherman? <laughs> Possibly. Are we playing bolt action now, Lee Cardre? The bolt action and I've got tanks. That's a, a point, actually. Is Elite Cadre still a thing in this game? Uh, no. No. I, th- I don't think I, it is. Doesn't it exist in... I swear. I swear it existed somewhere. Oh, in the past, yes, but now... But what about, what about Constance Plays? Does she still have it? I don't think so. See, now I'm being they have forced tactics to check. And they have granted, don't they, which have kind of, between them, replaced it, I think. Mm. I haven't seen it anywhere in quite a long time. Doesn't Krios have elite cadre well, exactly. uh, he used to he used to press cross two was it vengeance though i'm not sure oh cross three was vengeance yeah Kri- what did i say i didn't say Kri- it was a cross didn't you but i said yeah, cross no i seen three last two last. definitely used to have it with all the exemplars didn't they yes he did yeah do you know I, I genuinely can't remember if we've been removed from the game it's quite sad i think we have right right <laughs> now, we have some music while everybody searches War Room. I'm, I'm literally on War Room. Mm-hmm. Everybody is mm-hmm. talking. Well, I mean, what is I think what Benj was attempting was the Jeopardy music. That wasn't me. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick. Sorry, okay, Benj. I profusely. Okay, how you got please. beard in your ears? <laughs> beard in your ears. Brilliant. Uh, I love it. I'm trying to search this fucking tablet. No, don't tell me about the updates. I've been using this for years. If you haven't updated the app, you do need to update the app because Oblivion has now happened and you're going to get some funky stuff if you're on the old version. Yeah, I'm I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm good. Are you? Are you really? Does this mean you have to pay for everything again? It's still in the game. It's on fucking Krios 3. There we go. So yeah. Cosmos Blaze doesn't have it, but so the, it's Krios 3 is the only thing, is he? Well, that's the only one I found as an example. Because it used to be on... We on are still Krios relevant. 2. Just about. Let me just check Krios 2. You used to have it. Oh, yeah. No, Avengers. no, Krios 2 does not have it. So Exemplar Avengers, Krios 2. Who else is that with Cavalry? But yeah, so it's still there. It's still a thing. Krios 2 has Paragon of the Faith, which... A, a lot of the Elite Cardro is removed from the game... Uh, and transferred over to either veteran leader or field marshal. 
called tactics or granted some of those things kind of replaced it as well i think yeah true what took some of the rules on but, um, i mean they, they have they have with oblivion taken the opportunity to streamline some of the rules so having now played yeah vet- veteran leader you're right veteran leader yeah. on, on catherine Ladimore, things that's, like that yeah. that's everywhere yeah ha- having now played with them um no hills is not a problem it, it really isn't um but how do you see over stuff i mean you know it just feels weird yeah the other one uh that we didn't realize at the time was the target in melee stuff has changed drastically you, you no longer randomize do you? you no you still got the same defensive bonus but you don't randomize if you miss if you miss you miss that's it that's that's what happens. No more killing your own squad in combat. Most uh, people forgot. Most people forgot to do it anyway. I think. Kill their own squad. No, we forget to randomise. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it actually speeds the game up because rather than going, oh, it's eighteen. Oh, I need an eleven. I might kill oh, my own guy. Oh, Alex, you, Alex oh. are you pretending to do modelling? What? No, he's he's sharpening his beard. Um, right. Vilmon One has Elite Cadre as well. Are you still looking? <laughs> ben, that's ben that's the last conversation bench. Basically, Menoff is upholding Elite Cadre. Um, we cancelled. That's it. I'm done. Ah, Menoff. Yeah. The, welcome to the Menoff uh, Hordes and War Machine podcast. <laughs> it's the only faction I have lots of models in. Hail the creator Actually, of man. I, I am going to go back to something that we kind of touched on a little bit earlier because 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 nick is very much kind of on the outside of things at, the, at this point and so so is alex so <laughs> you're kind of on the outside of war machine and i'm inside i'm not outside my wigwam at the moment <laughs> i'm on the outside i'm looking in <laughs> i mean me. I, I was going to say is there anything else you'd like to kind of add to the uh the, the riot quest discussion that, that's you know interested you or not you uh, alex but Thanks. <laughs> Never you, Alex. <laughs> no, really. no, I mean, as, as I, I think I need to look into it a bit more. I, when he first said sat, Saturday morning cartoon stuff, I hadn't gone and looked at any of the models, and I was hoping for like proper cartoony style models, and uh, I was a little sad that they weren't. But I guess if they're being all played in War Machine and Horde, yeah. that would that would be a bit weird. They, really they are models. on the wackier end of War Machine. I mean, a you know, someone mm. who's seven feet tall with bright pink hair and a rocket launcher. Um, that's not your standard War Machine. No, that's character. Overwatch. <laughs> and, yeah, I was going to say that is Zarya, but with a rocket launcher. Pretty um, much. But, uh, no, there, uh, are, um, there are ten, 10 occurrences of Elite Cadre. Uh-huh. Gone through and counted them. Yeah. No, I uh, just put uh, it at Warmington uh. University. There are ten. Moving on. What are the ten? That's my line. Sorry. What are the ten? Uh, <laughs> Absalonia's got one. Alexia, Slo- uh, General Slaughterborn, Vilman as um. I thought you were going to say General Grievous. Hawthor apparently still got one. Kraos three. Uh, Striker. Has he? Captain Striker. Yeah, apparently so. Captain Striker. Da, 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 da. I'm bored of reading now. It's quite a few. You're in the axe. Oh, cosites. Sorry to dr- sorry to cut you off, Mike. Sorry. Sorry, cosites don't matter. Don't care. No, you're not sorry. You've never been sorry in your life. This much is true. But I, you know, try and at least pay homage to it. Homage. That too. Fromage. Fromage. Omelette. I got Captain Striker. Captain Striker. I don't like Striker Zero. There is no Captain Striker. <laughs> Oh, it's a league model. I do beg your pardon. 
Fail! <laughs> we don't do links here. I didn't I'm scrolling through again. No, no, Commander Striker. No, no, that's the a lead Lord model. It's obviously the um, it's obviously oh, a general zero. Striker. But uh, 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 there is no Striker Zero. No, but it was a league model. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm trying to think the, what the uh, oh the is it Haley Zero we've got now? Huh? Only as part of the three. No, it looks Ka- no, Kane. it's Kane Zero. Kane zero. Oh, Kane Zero. You're right. Yes, as a recruit. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. A, I remember as a, as Kane a Zero. Yeah. yeah. Which yes. is just weird. So actually, so one of them is is a falsehood. Oh dear God, he's got the terrible concept art as well in War Room. How yeah, lovely. Oh, they have to him. put something in there. Yeah, well, th- this is the thing. There, there were a lot of art pieces that went in in one update that were like really dodgy, blocked, unshaded concept art, like uh, Rahira in Mercenaries, and they seem to be going through and replacing those with art from Oblivion and beyond now. Fantastic. So, so that's. That's nice. I mean, I, I'll, I'll clarify. It's not terrible art. It's just that it's not. I don't think it's the same quality as other pieces in War Machine. I I saw the prices for Archons today, and I had a small kitten. Oh boy! Yeah, they are not cheap, are they? No, and um, I haven't looked. Am I going to have a problem? Well, the first two for forty of your precious bucks, or whatever that would be, translate to pounds. Yes, each. Forty pounds for two of them. The Menite one's not bad, but from what I remember from the other information, the uh, Moral one's a bit meh. So uh, the, the Moral one did get toned down a bit because it originally came out as being utterly insane. It did. I think yeah. the Menite one having what was a six-point solo with ore in a ten-inch radius was just nuts. The other ones have not been uh, released in War Room yet, though. Even though. We no. Do you know the rules for them? No, we, we, know, we know the CID for them. We don't. Oh, know. okay. Oh, they're not coming out until they get released. I didn't realize that. I thought they were going in there already. No. That's no. why I can't find them. They might find right one then. Yeah. So uh, the uh, the Menite Archon is thirty five. Well, in fact, the the Menite and Moron Archons are thirty five pounds each. Um, what are Archons? Wow. Ah. So well, I'm glad it, you asked that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> In Oblivion, uh, what's happened is the Infernals have returned, so the the gods have basically sent their agents to Cain to kind of help, um, and they are sort of part reincarnations of former heroes, but a little bit of the spirit of the god mixed in. They don't quite have free will. They're very odd beings, but they work for multiple factions. So you have... Um, the Menite Archon, who is just an utter melee beatstick. Uh, you have the Morrowind Archon, who is a little bit of support with a little bit of defensive tech. You've got the Thamorite Archon, who is pure ranged assassination. Bit of blood sacrifice thrown in. Yeah. Um, they're mostly mercenary or minion. They all have rules that like can't be knocked down, can't be made blind, um, can't be taken control of. And they are silly. They are like, was it 40 or 50 mil bases, most of them? They're almost all large bases, only the Dunian one is a medium, which yes. is a trolley kind of one. Which means when you're looking at them, you're thinking, oh, that doesn't look that big. Then you uh, realize that the base they're on isn't 30 mil, it's 50. Oh. So, yeah, and yeah. the model one, one has like massive wings that overhang and a flail that's going the other direction. It's like, this is going to be a Warjack sized solo. Um, they are. Um, 
very interesting to, to, to kind of look at. Um, but yeah, the let me think the the, the Morrowind one. So it's it's got you know uh, it's speed six mat eight. It's got flight death fourteen arm eighteen. Ten boxes. Uh, it's got a magical blessed spear, range two pair fifteen. A magical blessed shield, so it's effectively armor twenty. Um, if you're within five inches of it and you're an enemy model, you get minus two to your attack rolls. Um, oh, it gains an additional die on melee attack and damage rolls, discarding the highest. Uh, discarding the lowest, sorry. Um, shield guard. Enemies can't get soul tokens while they're in its command range. And veteran leader for modern models. Does it have elite card though? Nice. No, it's veteran leader. Veteran leader, definitely veteran leader. Which means you can take your new and improved precursors and make them mat eight. But they only got one inch reach, though. They've gone up to an inch of melee. Okay. Mm. And I believe they got cheaper as well. And you can now cast upkeeps on them. Oh, they got the, um, the yes. good spell thing. Yes, they've got, uh, what is it, Holy Ward rather than Spell Ward. Oh, nice. Oh. Yes, pre <laughs> precursors might not be playable again. Sweet Jesus. Madness. Although someone was saying, oh, I'm really glad they got Power Swell in this version. And everyone was there going, they, they've had that since Mark II. You, <laughs> you just haven't read the card. It wasn't called Power Swell, was it? It was called something else because it was it, the it's, book. It's Morrow's name, but it's effectively Power Swell. Activate the book. Yeah, from the man with the giant shoulder pads. It's, yeah. I, I want to put them on the table again, and I think I can justify it now because shield wall units in Mercs don't exist. So, yeah, that's a thing. Mm. And gallant's a thing. Yes, I can play gallant. Oh, yes, because of uh, flame in the darkness. Right, guess a pat of the table that does. <laughs> uh, flame in the darkness is. Now, Nick, if you haven't heard about this one, th this one's going to absolutely thrill you. Okay? The infernal Maybe. being able to take really weird and wonderful things, isn't it? So it's applicable to Signar, Kador, and Mercenaries. Mm -hmm. You can take Morrowin or Thamorite Warcasters, non-character Mercenary Warjacks, up to two Signar or Kador Warjacks, Gallant, any Alexias, Morrowin models, Thamorite models, Field mechanics and the Hermit of Hengehold. I assume that you can mix and match there, so you could take one Signal, one Kador. So, in fact, you could take Striker with two Juggernauts. Nice. Which... You could take. You could ha have your wish of playing. Um, what was her name? And two Lancers. Oh. Kador Caster. Oh, spells. Yeah. Oh, Zakova can have Arc Nodes. That's fine. Oh, okay. Okay, someone gave Kador Arc Nodes. Was it Zakova? Zakova, you can't take in that because you could take she appears in the Infernal thing, doesn't she? Have I got that wrong? Uh, no, she's Stammer, right? Oh, okay. I believe so, anyway. I thought she was one of the corrupted that was in there. Have I got the wrong one? Uh, it, just because you're in there doesn't mean... Oh, I thought they were precluding. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so Colden Commander Alexandra Zakova is um, a Thamorite. So, yes, yeah, she, she can be taken in there. Um, but uh, she does now have, I believe... So that, that theme becomes the faction of whichever cast you choose. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, there are even weirder ones. The the Kador Menoth one is even weirder because that means you can now take Butcher and... Um, oh. Avengers. 
Yeah, what well, no, no, sorry, uh, you can take uh, Vlad with Vengers, yes, or you could take a Kador list and pair it with, I'm trying to remember his name, Krios 3. Because when Krios 3 is taken in the uh, the horse theme, he becomes a Kador caster. Oh. Yes. Because he's from Kador. No, uh, anyone who's taken in that oh. theme gains the Kador and Moro, oh. uh, Kador and Menite tags. Oh. So, you want to take Vlad as Menoth? Sure. Why not? So, it seems like a fluffy thing, but actually it isn't. But it could be, but it isn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, Vl- Vlad would work for Menoth because yeah. he's part of the old faith, which is fine. Um, it is just the one cavalry caster. Oh, and there's two cavalry casters in uh, Menoth, aren't there? Yes. Well, yes. Three. Technically, three. He's technically three, but I'm not sure they count. Um, what's his face two on the chariot? No. He's, he's a battle engine, isn't he? But his cavalry is still it's, it's a cavalry battle engine, but I don't think they count him. Hmm. Resnick Let- two. Resnick two technically is a super cavalry, but I don't, I don't think they count him. But yes, Fury three and um Curious three. I- I'm actually gonna take a look at this if it's is it Warriors of the Yes, yeah, Warriors of the Old Faith. Okay, so the, the casters available for that list when playing as Kador are Fiora, Krios, Resnick, and Vlad. It is three, yeah. I thought he was a cavalry caster. Hmm. Well, I wonder if they changed him just to take him out. Because in, in in CID, they were kind of, it was debated, but I didn't know what the outcome was. And people were looking for it, like, oh, I can finally take uh, Vlad with the uh, Menoth Colossal. And then they nerfed it. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Sad times. But you can take Vlad with Templars. For who exactly? <laughs> Sad times for people who wanted to abuse things? I don't know. Uh. Whereas I'm looking at the new theme forces and going, yes, one requisition point for three uh, powder monkeys, yes. Oh, three mechanics, or two trances. It's quite nice. I hate trances. We don't talk I about know, no, they're so nice. They're so cuddly. Yeah, solos that walk up and go, I slam your warjack. Great, thank you. What's From that? 11 inches away. Four inch melee. Oh, and it's all boosted as well. Oh, how lovely. Yay. From from Matt Four though, let's be fair. <laughs> I have Def Ten Warjacks. What's your point? <laughs> Boosted Four. Yay! <sighs> they are great. As I said, as I said when we talked to Will, like, it was a weird process of learning what they do or exactly how you use them. And I threw them away for so many games. Throw it. Wait a minute. If I just hide them a bit and bring them out when I need them instead of using them as funny screens or thinking they'll survive. Oh look, they survive. Yeah, park them on a flag and watch an enemy go, I'll put my solo here and oh no, the transfer has exploded, I am dead, oh god. So now now no one's got the flag. Yeah, they are, they are the perfect stand on a flag solo. Ah, filth. Yes, totally agree. So anyway, now that we've got you back, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing with yourself these days? Come on, give us a, give us a, 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 a brief thing. Uh... Work, work, work. Uh, still playing board games. Had a very good run of Gloomhaven before relocating to London. Really enjoyed Gloomhaven. Um, that's, that's quite an RPG kind of board game, isn't it? As far as I, yeah, I played it's it. Very, but very dungeon runny, um, skirmish gamey sort of. But leveling up within it. Is that right? Yeah. 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 It's like a like a and d dungeon run, I guess. That's what I've heard. I've heard there's a lot of migration from RPG into things like Gloomhaven and Gloomhaven's held up as the as the kind of corner case of it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, it's a great game. Isn't one of the big things with it in that you're essentially at the start blind picking what you're going to get? Correct. Everything is in sealed boxes and you're 
advise not to go and look at what you're what you're picking and just basically roll with it. Just go right. That thing sounds weird. Let's go with it and just make what you can. Cool. But See, yeah, um, we do have uh, a campaign of this sort of coming up with some uh, some friends. So I'm, I'm I'm interested to kind of to know the feel of it. I've heard it compared to uh, was it Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance um, as a as a. Baldur's Gate is a video game, or Baldur's Gate is there a board game that I've not played? Uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance was very much a dungeon crawl video game. Um, okay, dissimilar to the like the Baldur's Gate proper RPG. This is very much a here's a character you're going to be sent through hordes of rat men for three hours, and now some lizard men. So I can see why they might say that because the the camp the dungeon runs are long. Like a dungeon will take about two hours. But it doesn't feel like it's taking two hours, and it doesn't feel like you're just grinding for the sake of grinding. Um, everything feels like it's a means to an end, and you're opening up this world, and you're discovering all the different stories in the world. I have you know, I quite enjoy Zombicide still. <laughs> grinding for the sake of grinding. <laughs> Um, well, your, your kids are really into Zombicide, so that's, that's what I do. I play, I play Zombicide with the children, which is fun. I, d- I can see why it doesn't work in a similar kind of in the group that you've just been kind of, well, not described as such, but with an adult group of gamers, I can see why it feels a bit tedious. But with a group of like kids and cousins and stuff, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, and then moving away from Greenhaven, been picked uh, picked up the game Villainous recently. Um, which is one of those games that at the moment was advertised as a game for kids, a game for Disney and whatnot. But actually, it's got some really solid mechanics behind it. So it feels very much like an asymmetrical TCG. Uh, It feels like the days of Netrunner and things like that. Everyone has a deck that's kind of self-contained, but you're playing off against other people. Okay. I I do remember hearing something about this on... um, Oh, Shut Up and Sit Down, Um, which they seem to be... um, Quite, they're impressed with it. For they're expecting something that was, yeah, much kind of more kid aimed. They're like, actually, no, there's some decent stuff in here for kind of you know, for beer and pretzels play as well. It's not just for the little ones, as it were. Yeah. So oh, I've been cool. having some fun with that. Shame there's no deck customization for it. That would be the next level, I think. But what's there is pretty good. Hmm. Um, what else have I been playing lately? That's kind of it. <laughs> Not been not been playing an awful lot. So it, it, that, that's really everything you can fit in your uh, in your free time at the moment. Yeah, video games taking up a lot. Team fight tactics and uh, various things. So that's cool. That's cool. So actually, what we should probably do, given that we've kind of um, <clears throat> already had what was it uh, an hour in the previous recording, and we've done some in this record, we, we actually might as well do an extended any other business like what all of us have been playing recently i mean we could move on to alex now and say oh yeah i know i'm allowing him to speak it's it's a risky measure i know anus crimes but i have not committed any penis crimes i'll have you know wow so alex what you been doing uh ice hockey like on, on the Mega Drive, or <laughs> nice. no, 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 no. <laughs> the actual ice, the, you know, an ice rink. Um, yeah, pretty much. Life can, now you, is... can you skate now? Uh, yeah, just about getting uh, there. Sliding on your butt is not skating. 
No, I'm aware of that. But you've got, a stick no. to pro- you've got a stick to propel you. Why would you need skates? No, no, it's the little penguin thing. That's not, that's not skating. Like that. <laughs> well, you just kind of rest your stick over the handle of the penguin and just kind of <laughs> hope for the best, really. If you use the penguin to push the puck into the goal, does it count? Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> What Alex actually does is he claims to be a battle engine and just rides the Zamboni round chasing the other players. Very slowly. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, in more seriousness now, I've recently taken and, and passed my coaching exam for ice hockey. So I am very soon to be a, a registered coach. Um, nice. Yeah. That's yeah. like a grown up thing. Yeah, it's like a grown-up thing. Yeah, I'm all. Is this going to be like the Mighty Ducks? Ooh. Uh, no, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm not an Quack. alcoholic Danish lawyer. Um, oh. So yet, yet. Whatever yet. happened to Emilio Estevez? Well, these brothers started banging twenty grand rocks. I think your, your career is pretty much over when that happens. Yeah. So I, it, it's interesting that you kind of you've moved on from. Like press ganging, so one cutie role. Now to coaching in ice hockey. Yeah, I don't know. Forever, just, forever just, servant. Yeah, just just proving that like press gangers are the people who take the community with them wherever they go. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. To hell and back. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, for ice hockey film? Thanks for that positivity, Bench. It's sorry, <laughs> sorry. Are we trying to get more? That was last week. Mm. Uh, I succeeded. You I got did. a compliment. Yeah. Well, by muting yourself, that I didn't notice that. But yeah. I, I I interjected at least three times to. <laughs> but we could hear you unmute, so you know it was obvious. I just um, thought it was best in case. No, I agree. Out, I agree. You know? No, but why? It's very wise. Thought it was best in, sh- in case you shared your true opinion. <laughs> I don't really have that many true opinions anymore of the game. Muting is kind of an auto filter because you talk and then you realise you have to unmute and say it again and you go, oh, I can't bother. Mm. The game is the game. I could play it if I want. That, that is the most reductionist thing I've heard today. I'm sorry. I'm the sorry. game is the game. It's just a positivity though. The game is the game. No? Okay. Well, yeah. But it's know. not a pipe? I don't know. It's... Yeah. <laughs> It is. That is true. It is not a pipe. Um, but, um, no, I don't know. There's no point really being massively down on a game that you're not playing as much right now. Yeah. I think part of the part of the thing is that you just, you kind of, you, you have the nostalgia beer goggles and you kind of wish it was Mark 2 again. And that's about it, really. If you're that, if you're not. Yeah, I kind of wish it was Mark 1 again. <laughs> I very much do not. Yeah, no, it was. It was, it, I mean, it was bonkers. It was. Did someone say insane. flying dragons? Yeah. No, no. We do not take epic Vlad, throw the dragon, and then go. Okay, that's was it. D three plus two attacks on your caster who's yeah. not down. Plus three to the majority of his stats. Uh, oh, also, work with trolls throwing uh, maulers at each other. Yeah, holy hand grenade. Who remembers that one? Cost going back a bit. In fairness, there was a variant of it uh, in Mark Three at the start with the uh, was the flying circus. The, the, the um, gators, you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, where they were taking minion war beasts and just throwing stuff all over the place, and then going eventually going right. My heavy war beast is on your caster. Good game. Oh, okay. Yeah, Alex, is the... it that you just miss? You just miss that 
that um, pure, sensual kind of experience of a door being opened in your face. Yeah, that is. <laughs> wow. I'd actually forgotten about that. <laughs> I'm here to also remember, remind you of your lost car keys as well. Lost car these are keys. National events. National events. Very prestigious things to yeah. do. Hang on. Hang on. Do we want to remind you of the time he dropped out of Team Elite Cadre at the ETC to go to a judge instead? Uh, he took look, one look at myself and Nick and went, mm, actually, you know what? I think I'll be on the judge team. It's fine. <laughs> wow. That's okay. Didn't we all do that eventually? <laughs> <laughs> eventually we did. Not at the ETC, though. <laughs> I would remind people as well, that's the ETC where uh, Kev Bryant was um, <laughs> somewhat indisposed and had to attend in jogging bottoms for the second day before going <laughs> Definitely <home>. not food <laughs> poisoning. <laughs> I'd forgotten that. Somewhat unwell. That was that was Maelstrom Games. The catering was not high spec, or indeed spec. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't think I've I don't think I've had a worse curry in a very long time. You all left with dysentery, did you? <laughs> no, just Kev. Just Kev, Brian. Just Kev. Just just to give you an, an an image, Benj. Did his hat become a useful? <laughs> it might have at one point. Okay. But imagine, if you will. Uh, a, a tinned curry right? <laughs> as, and this is the food not anything else might be something else as well but imagine a tinned curry like 12 of which have been poured into a pot and left to stew for about a week <laughs> over then, three candles then next to it is a pot of rice which has long since lost any impression of individual grains. It's, it's rice, that, rice you can serve in blocks. <laughs> oh, one them for two, sir. And you basically slice the stuff to get it out of there. Oh. I mean, as like only the old um, Northwest Gaming Center had food that rivaled that with its lukewarm hot dogs. Um, oh. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't the nice picture you're painting here. This is quite the opposite. So, there was, there was, the picture started with nostalgia for Mark II, didn't it? Okay. The picture I'm painting is that wargaming venues are better now. They are. Um, because the Northwest Gaming Centre is, is actually a nice I place. Mean, basic hygiene didn't take that much. I mean... Surely. Well, to be fair, for the Northwest Gaming Centre, it took someone like Tim King walking in there with an investor and going, "We can do better than this." Sure, not just burn it down and let's start again. Well, I mean, they might as well have. Um, <laughs> but to be honest, putting carpet tiles everywhere—you know, cleaning the loose—minor thing, but they did it. Um, you know, making sure the lights worked again all the time. Yeah. You know, and and also sectioning off that fire escape because really, you know, how many times did you go down that fire escape and realise that one of the steps was only connected at one side, oh. and th the fact that the bottom three weren't even connected to the building at all? Yeah, that thing yes. was. They did say it had been inspected. I was thinking, yeah, but how much did they pay the inspector? Took away his glasses. Yeah, but. Off yep. tip top of Mark II was Martin and a barbecue out back of Firestorm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, with the barbecue smoke just wafting <laughs> through Firestorm games. So everyone who's there who's not finished their games just going, I want to finish this. I want a burger. Ah, uh, that was... Fun times, eh? Uh, that version of Firestorm, I, the, the atmosphere at that version mm. of Firestorm. 
was tremendous. Amazing. It was awesome. So for anyone who never went, the current version is kind of this um, was a disused like carpet wholesale place, <laughs> and, and it's 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 you know, very light and airy and spacious, and you know there's actual ventilation in there. The shop is huge. Mm. Uh, the old one was not that. The old one you got this sort of very kind of compact storefront that sort of very much it's actually just at the on the corner of the road yeah. where it is now isn't it it's, 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 where, it's where the uh, the escape rooms are now i think yeah um and the back was clearly like four or five storerooms that have been knocked together so you got like slightly uneven floors and bits of wall that are standing there because they're the one structural thing left in there camo nets slung from the ceiling to hide the fact that there's like 200 years of pipe work all over the place they had that manky old desk at one end (laughs) clearly been hammered together from six inch thick pieces of wood that someone worked these are leftovers we'll use them it's fine and like it had such real character as a venue and such atmosphere. Everyone loved playing there. Just yeah, it was awesome. Don't, don't kneel down if you want to keep your trousers clean. Um, oh, don't Why would you be kneeling down in a gaming venue anyway? No. It's to get in the outie bag. Yeah. Um, but also, don't move your chair back because there were gutters on one side. So you instantly dropped six inches at the back of the chair, which was somewhat terrifying. Um yeah, the old Firestorm games, eh? What a venue. Whoa. We spent a lot of time there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's where the very first SmogCon was. Mm. So. SmogCon. Yes. And the second. Yeah. Uh, yes, indeed. Well, I mean, we've just had the, what was it, 10th uh, anniversary of the Welsh Masters as well? Yep. Uh, and that was held there for many years before it kind of moved over with the venue. So, but it was uh, it was interesting to know that I've of the ten I've been to nine, so I've only ever missed one. And yeah, seeing that event grow has been really interesting down the years. Yeah, it's really awesome. So I I do very much look forward to uh, seeing uh, Byron's take on it next year. Um, More tentacles, I expect. <laughs> Better streaming equipment. I really be. hope you're talking about in the Cthulhu Wars sense there, Kurt. I just, just in general. Just knowing Byron, just in general. Especially if he listens to this. More tentacles! Or more free thrills? I don't know. Yeah, that works too. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, better streaming equipment would be my one request. Well, so, you know, if you talk to Byron now... I have already ma- I already mentioned it to Byron on the end of the first A. Well, I think, I think reinforcing that is a good idea. Yeah, it's probably there somewhere now. Maybe <laughs> I, I haven't actually looked at the YouTube chat. I'm being incredibly lazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just me. I would um, say I would say he had one job, but that'd be hypocritical of me. Yeah, uh, I, th- I do about four jobs for the show bench. So, you know. Ooh, yeah, um, I needed I, the schedule in this time. So. I will just say, um, while we're on the topic of Firestorm, uh, anyone who is looking for a tournament. Um, the Firestorm in uh, Cardiff has an awful lot of tournaments coming up. I'm not going to get through the list of those. They're available from the uh, UK War Machine Hordes Facebook group. Uh, look. But Firestorm Swindon also has a tournament coming up. So on the 24th of August, they are running their, I believe, their second steamroller. Um, it'll probably be for 16 players again. It will be using the Oblivion rules and themes. Um and that's James Snodgrass running that, and uh, 
yeah, I think we both went to the last one. That was uh, yeah, it was uh, very good. Cracking little event to go to. It was. Um, could probably have done with a little bit more space in one of those rooms, but oh well, never mind. Um, yeah, it was an awkward event, an awkward event, and the venue hadn't long opened. It was very yeah. good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it just being well run and smooth throughout the day was just a nice little touch. Yeah. Um, I would say if you are going to go to there, look for parking in advance. Yes, wise uh, words. Because if you turn up at the venue and expect to find parking nearby just by scouting around, you will have a tough time. There are some long stay car parks, but just bear in mind. I, I found one of those early, uh, like as I googled it in advance. But I noticed several people who were there were running out through the day to put more money on in the short term car park to keep themselves. Which some car parks don't they do that anyway? But yeah. there are long there are long stay car parks that aren't that far away, but they are hard to find. Yes, there's I mean, particularly there is a small one that is literally a street away um, that's really easy to get to. Yeah. Um, and also uh, does use a, a parking app so you can uh, pay for your parking remotely. Um, but I didn't. I don't think it's easy to find just by driving about. I think it's the one way and everything else you need to yeah. find it in advance. Yeah, I agree. The Swindon Old Town is not exactly the easiest place to navigate. So there you go. But I did say to James, I, I would mention that for him. So uh, consider my duty done. Um, yeah. So under the. Uh... When did the coke and hose arrive and for the sponsorship money? Well, we have to finish all the uh, end of the business first, I think. Yeah. Yeah. To, to be fair, it's only a six-pack and something for the garden, so, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so, Alex, do you have anything else for your... Any other, is there anything gaming-related you've done? No, no, no. Are you enjoying your ice hockey? Do you, have you got any kind of... Anything else on the top? Mm, yeah, I mean, I've been doing bits and bobs and building a few minis here and there nothing really spectacular to report but uh there's a new version a new edition of, of bushido out <laughs> it's a long time lester one armor a big fan of that game wow do you ever play it nope nope have you ever played it yeah i think yeah. he has ever yeah oh, okay fine <laughs> yeah um i've not played anything in a long long time but it's just finding the time to to do it but We'll see. One day, maybe. Well, hey, as, as long as you're keeping yourself busy, that, that's kind of all that matters. Yeah, yeah, definitely busy. Cool, cool. So, Benj. Mm. I finally got to play uh, Scythe at the weekend. Oh, okay. Now, this, I'm, I'm very much interested in. I have an unplayed copy of Scythe kind of up here somewhere. It's great. It looks daunting when you put it out, but it's really not. It's really self-explanatory. Uh, I would even suggest playing it by yourself if you can, because even that mode looks quite fun. Uh, or even adding it as a third person to a two-player game, because uh, it's got like an automated system. Uh, and it, and it's a, what's that? Sorry. And the base game. Or? That's the base game. The two expansions add two other races, and then the, the last expansion. Uh, is a campaign uh, where you roll over basically money, can buy upgrades, so you start a new mission with with X amount of extra things, or and it and it just looks really good. The theme is fantastic, um, post World War One Eastern Europe. Well, it's, it's like weird, weird World War One and, and weird World War Two has been done an awful lot of things, but not I'd not seen a whole amount of weird. World War One. It's not really weird. It's not weird as in that sense. I know what you're talking about because all spider all, tanks. 
Oh, yeah, all there is is just agricultural mechs that have got a few guns strapped to them. It's not, and the mechs only serve a, uh, a purpose to engage in combat, which combat isn't always advantageous, basically. It's more about trading, agriculture. Oh, sounds boring. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at the reviews, okay. and that's the conclusion I've come to. It sounds, it looks awesome until you read the detail, and I go, okay. It's very Euro. It's not though because it's not ugly. Euro oh. games are not full of small cards. Yeah, it's full of good meaty. How, how dare you say Euro games are ugly? They are ugly. <laughs> Is that a definition? With okay. small cards, small you cards. Using the eye of the beholder. Are, are you are you saying that Agricola looks ugly? <laughs> yes. <laughs> how? So. I won't oh. say I won't say it's the best looking game I've ever seen. Oh, but Agricola's art matches the game. It is a like fundamentally a fantastic game. I'm not I'm not disputing that it's a it's a fun game, but it's ugly as sin. What's like, your um, Benj, what's your feeling on the replayability of Scythe? I want to play it a lot of times. <laughs> like, and I, and, and after the first game, I wanted to buy the expansion packs. We we thoroughly enjoyed it, um, and it's it, other board game groups have it as well. They even it kind of had that uh, war gamey type thing because there was a bit of diplomacy in there as well, where we were like, obviously. Um, so you're trying to take over areas and looking at a hex map of yeah. So, so you don't. There's no. The only fighting is when uh, when you actually occupy the same space, and the reason that it's not advantageous is because you lose popularity. There's lots of different scoring tracks basically, and okay. uh, and combat loses you popularity, and popularity moves you quite up the scoring track. Right. Um, whereas power is important in combat uh, and some other things. But you need the will of the people. Exactly, yeah, and there's some there's some factions that barter on that, and you know exploit it, and and still manage to do quite well because they have other objectives, um, and um, some people can decide to end the game, and they think they're in a really advantageous position because you have to uh, complete six objectives out of however many that are there, but you're really not wanting to. You're wanting to do as much as you you possibly can to get out of uh, the system before it ends. Cool. Um, and, yeah, and it, it, you can play it solo, you can play it with a group of four, and then it really... And you can almost play simultaneously. The only time you really need to interact with the other people is if um, you do. You can do sort of like alliances, you know, that aren't actually written into the game. So, ideally for you, you could pretend that you weren't with people. You, you literally can. You can. You can just ignore the other person, go about your business, get your resources, build your factory, and then when they come along and they park their mech on your turf, you could be like, "Oi, fuck off!" and um, rumble if you want. See, I, I, I'm going to be able to sort of get when it gets to me, kind of go on about something similar that I've played, but that sounds like uh, like an improved version to me. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to me. I, I'd say it. I'd say it lives up to the hype. Okay. I, you know, you think there's lots of games out there that that there are. There, I've watched a few videos subsequently where people point out a few bits that are um, like movement is a bit of a. Um, you can't do everything you really want to do, and sometimes it can get frustrating in a turn when you can only choose one option at a time to do each turn. But that, like, that's that's kind of what 
a good board game should do. Yeah, it yeah. Should, it should make you go, oh, I've got so many options, but I need to choose two. Yeah, you're, you're thinking in three turns in advance, basically, yeah. if I do this now. And and you don't always get stopped by the other person, but you've always got another you, their eye on where their territory is. And, and because the map feels massive, but it shrinks very quickly as you start like collecting resources, upgrading, building... Uh, you know, uh, monuments or or any of the other buildings, the the armories and stuff, and and yeah, it's it is. Uh, I quite I played as the the Polish faction, and their sort of special leader um, just marauds around the map with her friendly bear, uh, doing these things called encounters. And their special ability is uh, they get to choose two options on these cards. Uh, the first option is really good. Second option's a bit pricey, but uh, but it has a bit of a payoff. You usually have to pay a resource into it to get a benefit. And the third option is you're an absolute cunt, basically, to uh, the indigenous population, or you steal a soldier's mech, a veteran soldier's mech, and add it to your army. Uh, and um, But she gets to choose two of those options. So you can... And there's, like, for instance, you could pay two popularity and get X, X back, but in the next option because you can pick two you can uh, offset that cost so it's um so i found that really interesting and i haven't played with any of the other factions but i'd play with that faction again just on that ability because it felt very strong so but the others have so who, how do you determine who plays which faction then uh it can be random uh we just decided uh you you can also pick your boards at random because not everybody's uh, resource boards look the same um, but you just can generally decide. We picked the two factions that were completely the opposite side of the maps with a lot of space between each other to give each other room to explore the map, basically. Um, so, I, 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 yeah, it really it was, it was a bit daunting at first. I don't like board games with lots and lots and lots of pieces, but it all fell into, pay, into place, really, and I would recommend it. Cool. Yeah. So, there you go. That's what I did. Fair enough. Kurt. Hello. How's your any other business? Um, I'm going to avoid painting. I think this board gaming thing, I'm liking this board gaming thing. Um, <laughs> in, the, in the post this morning, apart, <laughs> apart from a new phone charger, which I'm very, very happy with, um, battery charger, um, I received another faction for Cthulhu Wars. Oh, very nice. Jumping on the... Rick and Morty? No. No, HP Lovecraft. No, no, um, the new faction, is it Rick and Morty? Oh, no, yeah, they haven't done that yet. No, I, and I feel it would spoil the ethos if they did take you down that road. Just completely sell out. No, I ha- it arrived was Open of the Way, which is um, simplistically the purple faction, but apparently, even even reading the dialogue inside, they are regarded as the weird faction. This is in a... In a, in a, in a Cthulhu game. In a Cthulhu game where there's a faction that have no great old ones or big monsters at all and build cathedrals instead this is the weird one you're like okay um, yeah no there's a faction that build cathedrals instead of having weird monsters um, ah. yeah yeah I haven't got that one yet um, so I now have six factions including the four that come with the base game um, and uh, I played it I, I, I was kind of hesitant but I played it with my eldest daughter my eldest nephew and my uh, brother-in-law uh, weekend before last and I had a blast it was awesome it was really good fun um that's the first time I played my version of the game. I played Byron's back in February. But yeah, want, definitely want more. And it's similar way that, that, that um, 
it's interesting and the way you were describing that game i was thinking if we took out the keywords and just substituted the cthulhu wars and, and the different factions you could say almost exactly the same thing you all try to do your own thing because it's asymmetrical so you have different goals and different aims hmm. you're all trying to gain points on the doom track and get be the first to 30 doom to just kind of if you like end the world but you're doing it in different ways you score those points you can score those points in two or three four different ways so and, and actually the different factions generally do in different combinations of of tactics so yeah that's definitely a um a big one for me i definitely want to play more of that um i also got given and this is not a new game but i also got given the um firefly board game for my birthday oh very nice yeah so that was to, without any expansions I, I have i'm sure i read somewhere that it's better with at least one of the expansions there are a million and one expansions for that game though. there really are but i think there's one that's particularly good but i can't remember which one i have to rewatch one of the youtube videos that i've watched um, who's who's filing at the moment alex alex of course it is. so annoying just like the old days <laughs> he's not actually well, playing with models he's a blast perfect. from the past i didn't right. have a comment for that reason i'm gonna mute that there we <laughs> go <laughs> No. Oh, wow! I've, was... um, I've been. I'm away to um, Scotland for a few weeks, and I have three kind of um, what's the word? Shopping bags, modern shopping bags, and recycled, reusable ones, mm. full of board games just to take. Uh, one of them is not Cathedral Wars because it's so huge; it's just going to take you to a space. This um, board game may never travel from my house yeah. now. Well, it will go to my mum's and back to go over there, and maybe other people's houses directly to go and play it but it can't go in with other things. It's just so big. It's yeah. huge. The base box is enormous. When Byron showed me the base box, I was like, so that's the Kickstarter box, thinking about other Kickstarter bigger boxes that you get. And he was like, no, that's the standard box. It doesn't get everything else in other boxes. Look at these over here. What? And he yeah, had, some Kickstarters it, are just ridiculous. We're, we're now in the fourth Kickstarter currently running for, um, for Kazulu Wars. And he's got, um, Byron's got a, an army transport trolley case that he packs his Cthulhu Wars into to travel it around. Wow. And I'm like, that's a bit excessive. But I can see why. So uh, yeah, I know it... a few copies of the guys up in Glasgow's uh, Super Dungeon Explore got like that, where they were just... Because they bought all the terrain for it and all the other oh, wow. stuff. So they were just dragging like a suitcase, the suitcase KR cases with them. As I say, we don't talk about Super Dungeon Explore. <laughs> why? Well... Oh, why? Oh, okay. You, know why? you, you why? weren't in on the last Kickstarter, were you? I no, put, what I happened? Okay. No, actually, actually, no. This, this, this one's fairly simple. Uh, basically, they they took a lot of money uh, with the last Kickstarter, um, but what we didn't realise is that they'd run very much up against the whole thing of taking in money from one Kickstarter to fund the last one, which they also didn't have enough money to fulfil. Ah. Um, so they have they're now on like update 160 something something i get them because i put a buck in yeah yeah basically going through saying okay this is what we've done to lessen their debt this time this is how far we are along with the process this is how far we have to go because there was nothing for almost a year from that kickstarter they um they tried um, to bail themselves out with the second incarnation of what was it i can't remember the thing that came two years late before um oh um, Relic Knights. Relic Knights. They tried to burn themselves out with Relic Knights too, which of course flopped. And yeah, didn't raise enough money. That was but, kind of what that kind of did go to production. That did get into production, didn't it? I think so. That they've they've had various things. They're, they're basically, there's I think there's two Kickstarters. One of which they've basically just sold to someone else and said, "Yeah, here you go. Here's the product. You can sort out the um, the production of that." 
Um, so that that one's kind of been divested. Um, but yeah, Super Dungeon Explorer is still with them. Um, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to have a look just when that was because I know I've done this several times on the podcast. And it's made me sadder and sadder each time I've looked at it. Um, How much did you back then? How much did you personally I'll, lose? I'll be able to tell you when I find it. Um, yeah, I did initially back it quite heavily, um, and I I got in on the previous one, so I've got forgotten forgotten king and a load of extras for that. And yeah. I, actually, I came in late on that one. I think you told me about it. Yeah, and I joined post. I, I was a late backer. Um, I've since picked up Mark One secondhand, which I'm very happy about. The first dragon big dungeon, the, the original version, but because yeah, I've got I've... the cards, because I've got the updated card set within Forgotten King, so I could just play the newer version because I've got it all. <laughs> So, I've got the older version with all the expansions. So, Super Dungeon Explore uh, Legends funded November the 11th, 2015. Wow, really? That long ago? Yep. <laughs> uh, scheduled for delivery... Don't read that. December 2016. <laughs> um, I gave them $200. Um, and, yeah, we are now on update umpty thrumpty. I couldn't um, honestly tell you. I think it was just literally finances. I took one look at it. It was the timing before Christmas, I think, wasn't it? And I was like, I think I think I need to not back this. I think I need to just change it to a dollar because then I can keep an eye on it and maybe join yeah. it late. I think I intended to join it late. And then I went, you know what? No. Yeah, that was... It's, I think, the only big outstanding Kickstarter I've got in the past. Because... Um, I, I keep a very rough track of what's been delivered. Um, and who boy, some of those are, uh, yeah. I've generally had positive experiences with my Kickstarters. Um, one, the worst, the worst one was, um, was, what's it called? Elite. No, it's not an elite card joke. Um, <laughs> it's a, it was a sci-fi aliens kind of version of, um, of zombicide in some respects. Um, okay. Models were cool, but they screwed the modelling up and they had to go right back to basics and it ended up being over a year late. It's cool. I don't think we've played it as a group, like as in the family. I, I've played it to try and get the hang of it, but nobody else. The only other thing I've got to take you away from your Super Nintendo Explore woes, if you like, for a moment, that I haven't played, that I really should find a way to put in the bags because it's Scotland because I haven't put it in there yet, is the Awful Orphanage. Okay, now, I, 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 I was very close to backing it because uh, that didn't look like a very good game. I've I've got it, and I'm glad I got the Kickstarter because you get a very nice baseboard folds out of the out of the um out of the box. Really surprised me, and it quite grasp it from the from what mm. they showed. It, it is it's almost as big as the whole board. It unfolds to four times the size, okay. and then the ends fold in and are magnetized to create a ridge around the outer edge. Because you put in you build the orphanage one t- like a room tile at a time, which yeah. is felt backed and sit really nicely on the board. Oh, and nice. Don't move around, and and they move, and you build the orphanage gradually every time you play. Um, so it's it's unique play every time. It's much repeat playable. Lots of different characters, especially Kickstarter. Lots of characters you can play, um, and yeah, that's the quality of the game. And they did bring out lots of fluff. I think Gaff Thorpe wrote some fluff for them. Um, there were lots and lots of extra kind of sideline things that kept PDFs that arrived on email alongside the Kickstarter. There was a lot of value add before the box arrived, which I thought was really, really nice. Um, mm. Still haven't played it. I think maybe I should find a way to take it with us because they give you a good wet day kind of holiday game to play. Yeah. Um, it is basically you're playing children trapped in an orphanage. The um, Mrs. Prend- Miss Prendergast, the, the woman who runs the orphanage, 
unknown to the people that give her the money for the orphans, has a deal with a gaunt and sinister man who comes and takes children away to who knows where. I did like the suggestion um, on their site originally that this was a semi-cooperative board game in that you're working together to get out, but you can just throw other people under the bus. That is pretty much, I think, from reading it and from sort of messing about with it a bit, it starts cooperative. So actually I've got... um, I've got Rail Raiders Infinite, which was uh, another um, soda pop game. And that game works similarly. So you're train robbers. But initially, you work together to kill off all the the guards. Mm. But as soon as the guards are dead, or nearly all the guards are dead, you start turning on each other to get the gold, because that's the point of the game, is to win all the gold. Yeah. But you work together to start with. And I think this is going to be similar. You will work together... To, to explore the map and reveal what you know, understand what the map looks like and try and find a way out. But as soon as you know the way out, you're going to be just you get one of the things is marbles and you can throw marbles under each other instead of again under the orderlies to throw them off and trip them up and it it's, looks fun. I need to play that; It'd be really good. So I haven't played it, but I want to. Cool, cool. I think that's about me. Okay. Well, as for myself. Um... Oh, where to start? Um, I, I've finally managed to uh, finish writing up and sending out to the people who are proofreading it for me um, the second version of an RPG I'm writing. Um, so it's it, it's it's in a playable state at this point, um, and I've actually got a local gaming group who are going to try running it soon, uh, which is mildly terrifying. So it's all my fault if they have a terrible time. Um, so it's uh, like a, a setting agnostic RPG. Um, I have no idea what they're playing. Oh, no, that's it. They're, they're running a, a cyberpunk version of it. Um, so it, it all got written because I was playing Shadowrun and getting immensely frustrated with how long-winded and awful the rulebook was. Um, so, yeah, that's that. That's that. Um, what else would you think? Oh, yes. I was going to say, um, so, Ben, you were talking about, um, I've forgotten the name again, uh, Scythe. Yeah. Um, so what you were saying with that reminded me a lot of um, a game that I've recently started playing in Twilight Imperium. Um, yeah. So, so a friend picked up Twilight Imperium 4 at UK Games Expo. Oh, God. It's <laughs> supposed to be better. 4 supposed to be better, though, isn't it? So... I've played two games. And, oh and you're still... Hang on, wait a minute. And you haven't got a big beard. I know. <laughs> um, and we've kind of sat there afterwards for like a couple of hours, like dissecting the game and going, yeah, but if I'd done this and you'd done this... Oh, okay, but hmm, maybe I... Mo- how many days did each game take? Uh, so each game, the first one was three players and took about seven hours. Right. The second one was five players and took about nine hours. Yeah, that's about um, my understanding. So that is quicker than it used to be. Yeah. No, it, it is an utterly fantastic game. Because f- for those unaware of Twilight Imperium, um, it's it's kind of set after the fall of a like multicultural empire. And you are one of the cultures who is left trying to take control of that same empire again. Um and it pretty much spans all the aspects that you think of. You've got trade between the different races. You've got politics. You have a galactic council. You can all vote on things in. You've, you, can, you can go to war. You've got plenty of ships. You've got to colonize planets. Yeah. And the board is, it looks huge and intimidating at the start, but then you realize about two turns in, it's like, oh, no, this is, this is very cramped. 
we are going to like rub up against each other very quickly and it's going to get messy um and it is an utterly fantastic game i'd recommend anyone who's even vaguely interested in it just find someone with a copy and say yo i will play this with you because i have been invited to play some of the earlier versions and and the, the way that they play it is they set aside usually a bank holiday monday yeah when they can get away from their relevant families and wives and they just basically go we'll start it at 10 and we'll finish actually no they usually try and get i start it earlier they start as early as they possibly can and it's a 12-hour game with six or seven players so the, the the one thing that I would say is it looks from the outside extremely intimidating. There's you know each player has like a, a, a deck of tech cards that they can buy and a board of all the stats for their ships and then they've got a hand of cards that are action cards and you know this this whole like system of interacting with other players and then you play it and you realise that you essentially boil it down to I can put a token on the board and do things with that system, but I can only do that once per round. I can play a card from my hand, or I can play one of the things that I've drafted at the start of the turn. And once you realise that those are basically all the options you've got, it suddenly starts feeling a lot simpler. What is complex is the actually the interaction with other people, because you've got always like two people either side of you and secret objectives that you're there going, okay, I need to accomplish this, but I need to really not annoy the person with the big fleet on that side <laughs> or, or the person who's doing all my trade goods on the other side. So are we, are we saying this is a common factor of good, asymmetrical, non-cooperative games where basically you try and achieve your goals, and this is true of all three games we're now talking about, Mm. where you're trying and all of them have a level of conflict and all of them have conflict mechanisms yeah and some of them are quite violent when you need to but so some factions in Cthulhu are very violent and and but it's late game they, they yeah. generally try to build up and build up and then they sweep across and they clear the board but if you've done enough early on it doesn't matter for example oh in in twilight imperium everything is very transient if you get attached to anything that's like your game is pretty much over right because you, you need to realize, like, if my stuff gets destroyed, I can rebuild it as long as I'm not daft about getting it there in the first place. Because, like, if if people realize that guy's going to win, they will turn on you in a second. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you are just beaten out of the game into a pulp in a corner. And then it becomes this race. to Because it's only to 10 victory points. Oh, and, so you don't uh, have a kind of running score that you can see who's li- who's winning or anything that causes that. Yeah, well, you you have a bar that's that's by the side that lists how many victory points you have. Right. You, you can score one objective a turn and one secret objective a turn. So, you know, from that anything up to two, but then halfway up the game, more objectives start being revealed that are two victory points. So right. all of a sudden it accelerates from this. Well, I'm on one and you're on two and that guy's on three to suddenly one player's on seven and everyone goes, get him. We need to ally to kill him off. And it just turns on a dime. And in this game, war is awful. So the Munchkin effect. No. A, a little bit, but it's not as bad as Munchkin. Because in Munchkin, once you've beaten someone down to level one, you kind of turn away and go, okay, let's see who's going to be the next guy to reach level nine. No. In this, once you've beaten someone down so that they're almost an irrelevance, if they get the right secret objective, they can still 
win the game. If if they win the right thing at the um, like that, not it's it's I'd call something else, but the at the Senate, because every turn there are two agendas that you vote on that might destroy all the troops on a planet and make it a non-military zone. Oh wow! Or, or that might make it you know this planet is a planet of culture and will now develop twice as much culture or this person is now um the imperial minister in charge of construction so one player can now um if they activate a system can build in there straight away which otherwise you need uh, one of the cards you draft at the start to do and the subterfuge and bar oh and this is as well you have uh, diplomatic cards so if you deal with someone and say okay um i, I want to have this system but I know it's very near to you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you this card. And the card could be ceasefire. So that in future, if you go into any of their systems, they can just plop down the ceasefire card and that's it. You don't get to invade them. Or it could be a trade agreement, which means if you try and cash in any trade goods, they get all your trade goods instead. And these are like binding little agreements that are secret as well. And it's, it's such a good set of interplay that yet... And what you've got to remember as well is these cards, they can trade them to other players. So you might not know who you have a ceasefire with by the end of the game. Okay. It's, yeah, it's, it's complexity is all player driven. It's not game driven because even the combat, you see, you see the board for Twilight Imperium, you see like tons of ships everywhere and they're all kind of moving in different places. All the combat is literally you look at your ship and it has combat five. That means when it attacks, you roll one d ten. If you roll a five, you score a hit. That's it, and that just wow. takes that just takes an opposing ship off the board. You basically roll all your dice. You say, "Yep, I've got three hits," and your opponent goes, "Okay, well, I'll kill off these two fighters and this escort," and then they get to roll their dice and they say, "Okay, I've scored two, and you'll assign two hits to your ships." And it's really fast-paced combat. That basically they just went, you know what? We don't need to do a whole combat maneuvering game here. We'll just do one d ten. Because it's a strategy game, it's not a combat game. Yeah, so literally, it's a case of attrition. If you build up more stuff, you are more likely to win. But every race has their own unique spin on it. Like one of them will do like super trading stuff, and one of them, that the race I was playing last time, they don't actually have to land on planets to take them over. They can just go, oh, someone's someone's using diplomacy, but there's an unoccupied planet. Well, we'll just have that, and it's. It's it's a beautiful system of interplay that it does. Um, so yeah, again, Twilight Imperium Four. If ever you get the chance to play it, do play it. It is an experience, um, but do set aside like nine hours to play it. Um, I actually have a friend who's looking to play, but he needs to find a table big enough to play on. It does require a decent sized table, um, and, and and again, the maps that are in the book, like the pre generated, because every uh, galaxy is independently generated and different. The maps are in the book, really nicely balanced, and a really good starting place. So there we go. That's that's that. Um, I'm trying to think. I've got any more board gaming and hobby stuff at the moment. Um, I went through all my UK Games Expo stuff on a, a previous podcast, so there's none of that. Um, I've d- I've done some conversion stuff for War Machine. <laughs> yeah, bringing it back on topic. Oh, um, no. Yes, I I sawed a metal iron head to pieces. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Or iron head because I'd got the, uh, the bombardier bombshell, and just getting the shoulder pads off the iron head was one of the most tedious things I've ever done. 
Um, but it's got done. It looks good. And then the first time I picked it up in game, I accidentally picked it up by the um, the, like the face and the the torso, kind of split in half. So that was lovely. Um, but it's all fine now. It's all absolutely lovely. Um, I bought some. Um, I bought a Frozen Forge set of tokens. Oh, the okay. complete set of tokens for um, Crystal Guard because I got tired of using Manoth ones and did debate um, Broken Egg. Um, but but from the UK, there's quite a big difference. Although when you look superficially, they look very similar in price. Um, when you start adding shipping and then tax, it, it, it separates the price quite dramatically. Because while while we're still in the EU, ordering from Norway is makes sense. I, I would say I I've had Frozen Forge um, tokens for a while. I I do love their stuff. Um, mm. I do need to update my set because at the moment um, my mercenary tokens are very out of date. Well, I would do it before October. Yes. Uh, well, quite. Thank um, you for depressing me, Kurt. We're not going to discuss that any further. I'm not going to go any further with that. Um, but I like them. They're really nice. I've got I've got the full set of the CRISPR guard. Yeah. Uh, and some measure and some um, a few extra measuring sticks. Well, so. with the, with the rework of Fiona, um, I actually do need to buy new ones because she doesn't have like half the spells that she originally had on her card. Oh. Yes, and now she's got Befuddle as well. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, oh, just to go on a slight chat tangent, I was in the Mercenary Facebook group the other day, and someone genuinely asked the question, what use, What good is Befuddle for? What? Why, why would I ever use this spell? I'm just having uh... but, but it's a really lovely bit of kit. It's essentially a three-inch advance that means you can face your opponent's stuff in any direction. What more yep. do you want? Yep. And if see you feel, the, see you feel the troll like, gypsy. Yeah. yeah. If you feel like it, you can take crow with against it and go. Okay, and now for ten backstab ranged attacks with prey against whatever it is you've hit. Have fun, because yeah, crows with prey are a thing. I didn't get much work at them at the weekend though. But uh, yeah. So anyway, is there anything any anyone else has got uh, to add? To the any other business, I went, uh, some, I went to some Shakespeare yesterday, but that's not really game related. No. It really isn't. You're yeah. talking about your uh, role play. Reminded me, I've been playing a bit of D and D. Really, uh, we've been playing with the same group for about a year now, and uh, we hit level four yesterday. Nice, nice. <laughs> been a slow, more role play, more puzzle sort of campaign. It's been pretty good. Wait, that, am I going to regret asking which version you're playing? Fish, uh, okay. just got a, a couple of new players in it, so having fifth is just nice, easy to roll into. Simpler, yeah. In, in fairness, when you're talking about that, I played a Shadowrun campaign for about six months, and there was no player advancement in that whatsoever, because all the players started. The the default state of Shadowrun is the players start off so hideously overpowered. I just sat there and went, you know, what? I'm not going to give you any XP for this. You just 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 nothing. You're getting nothing because there's one player there who's like kitted out with like, yes, I have uh, ultimate charisma skills and I have like a ridiculously expensive car and all the equipment in the world. And then it got to about the second mission. I was like, I'm tired of this already. Right, you've got to tell me what you're carrying. You can only have what you can carry because having a hundred feet of rope on you at all times isn't really feasible. 
No. They, got quite, they got a little bit upset about that one. So I could understand it if we were playing XP, but we're playing milestone based. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're just uh, having some fun. We had a murder mystery event that happened on, while we were all trapped on a boat, and uh, none of us could really crack it as the DM had made it a little bit difficult. And uh, it took us about four or five sessions to get through that. And we're on a boat in the middle of the sea, so there's nothing else we could do. <laughs> oh. Couldn't just nope out and go do something else. Okay. Fair enough. Ah, oh, yeah. Now, I, I will say, that the, the role-playing game I'm in at the moment, I'm, I'm a bit iffy on, because it's uh, Fantasy Flight's End of the World. Do you know that one? I haven't no. heard of that, no. So, so the essence of the game is that all the party dies at the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I'm I'm the only player so far who knows this other than the DM because I looked at this uh, thing. Yeah, mm, I, I have thoughts. At least it's only one, meant to last for two or three sessions, but um, it's kind of like yeah. an elongated one shot sort of thing. Yeah, basically. Okay, that's not too bad. They don't have yeah. time to get attached to their characters. Well, this is the thing. Everyone else is being super cautious because it's in the middle of a zombie apocalypse of sorts. And at this point, it's like, just I, I'm just going to do things because if I don't, no one else will. And everyone else is wording things to like the nth degree so that they are perfectly safe while doing it. Like, that's not the point of this RPG. And I feel the, the GM may have misled you if you think it is. So, but uh, yeah. Anyway, it's uh, probably time to... Uh, is it home time? Bedtime. It probably is. Well, we're all old, and it's you know it's, it's past ten p.m. and oh, it's a school night as well. Oh, terrible. <laughs> so um, all the brains say thank you to people who've listened for the last hundred episodes. Don't no say how long it is. No one said. No one's been listening for a hundred episodes. You can't have this time back ever. I've had, <laughs> I've yeah. had to listen to all. <laughs> Mike has definitely listened to all like yeah, hundred episodes several times. In some cases, I've even listened to the ones that never got released because there's at least a couple of those because the files got lost. So, yeah, but we never had an episode nine, and we never had an episode seventeen. No, it was episode five. No, I didn't mean the ones that got lost. I meant the inappropriate people other than other, <laughs> other post podcasts. Okay, fair enough. But episode five was ours. That was Golden Troll. Oh yeah. Oh, don't, let's not go there. I'm no. not going to live. Let's not relive that. No. That had dire consequences. Sixth oh, of no. November, 20, uh, twenty eleven. No, um, when I yeah. tested how much caffeine I could possibly drink in one day. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Thank you very much to everyone who's listened for the last hundred episodes. It has been. Uh, a mixed pleasure um, to host it all. Uh, oh, it doesn't matter if you listened for one episode or a hundred episodes. Thank you. Oh, yeah. One listened during the last hundred episodes. Yes. Um, is, we'll is, this your, is this your seventh episode, Alex? Well done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, some of us will still be here with uh, random, inane ramblings um, for a while to come. Um, and yeah. I've, I've got a Blu-ray of Brazil we need to review at some point. <laughs> hmm. I think that all that remains is for... Ooh, this is the thing, now. Do we get the person who signs us off now to do it, or the person who originally signed us off? Alex can do it. Alex yeah, can do it. Alex can do it. If he's not filing anything at the moment. No, Alex. I'm not filing. I'm not filing. Uh, Would you like yeah. to sign us off? Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, file, I'll sign us off. Um, you've been listening to. Oh, uh, Alex, just one thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Wow. And we've been listening to Elite Card Drink, the ice hockey podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. Oh. I've been Alex. I've been Mike. I've been Kurt. I've been Nick. I've been Benj. This has been episode 100. Say goodbye, Nick. <laughs> Say goodbye, Nick. Bye, Nick. Bye. Hey! <laughs> the running joke that is still running even when you're not here. Even when neither of them on the podcast say, say goodbye, Nick. <laughs> say it, we still do it. Yeah. to Elite Cadre, a War Machine and Hordes podcast. Email us at elitecadrepodcast at gmail.com or find the whole team on Twitter at bit.ly forward slash elitecadre. Music provided by Martin DeBont and Symphony of Spectres. And now, in a world of perfect production and seamless transitions, we bring you the chaos that lurks beneath the surface. These are the Easter eggs. The levels are okay. So at what stage should I interrupt him then? Uh, the usual. So the much usual. hate. It's been so long. You can't remember. How long has it actually been? I, a year? How many children? Have, has any children left home now? Uh, I left home, so... Right, yeah, I remember that. Um... It's got to be two years. I mean, the last time I played War Machine, I think, was the UK Masters in 2017. Yeah, but you ran a tournament. Was that a year or so? A year or no, two? No, no, no. That was before that. That was that same year. Oh. July 2017. That was the last time. I think 2017 was the last time I was really involved with much of anything. So the word new is going to have a whole word new meaning for you. <laughs> yeah. I like New I, things. I, I, I'm like totally mind blown. I don't know what's going on with Oblivion. I don't know what's. I, I've seen a little bit about Riot Quest. Um, then you'll be the perfect stooge to have these things introduced to. Education, just educational okay. enough. That's another podcast. <clears throat> so, we ready? Nope. Okay, cool. Hello, and welcome to Elite Cardre, the Wards and Home No interruption needed. Wow. Well done, Alex. Right. Okay. I think that's that, uh, gone. Yes, that's that's gone quite well. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll we'll kind of go for a break at that point, and I'll splice in some funky music or whatever. <laughs> I have funky. licensed music to cover this. Funky music. You don't have any funky music. Funky okay, it's music. not funky. It's ominous. There we yeah, go. There we go. Here first.
funky music on it's it. It's creeping can't. dread. Yeah. I swear to God, I'm going to license a knockoff version of the girl from Ipanema now. <laughs> oh, please do. That'd be amazing. <laughs> but it will just be like right one here. or yeah. two notes wrong. Okay, that's fine. As long as I can hum it still. That's the hundredth, isn't it? Oh, can we get it for the intro for the hundredth episode? Can you listen to him? That's not a bad idea. In time. See, if I thought I could get away with it, what I would do is get the um, uh, from Full Metal Panic. There is a knockoff version of the um 18 theme tune that's just like three or four notes wrong oh, God. <laughs> and, and everyone i've played it to is like oh it's the 18 th- what uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but can't, can't we use 30 seconds of it for like creative license or whatever it is no or... that, there's some very specific exceptions and we do not fall under any of them how much would it cost to just like rent it for like that episode? <laughs> okay, sure? so for a start, I would have to track down the Full Metal Panic production committee. No, no, I meant the other one as well. Oh, Girl from Ipanema. Yeah. What? There's been in numerous films, and I oh, know that's a fortune. That'd be tens of thousands, if not more. Do you reckon it, it might have been like running out of its copyright or whatever it is, and we can uh, try and... F- like a long fifty time years is the starting point of expiring. Yeah. And they, uh, things get renewed by states and people. So I think um, Kevin Smith was talking about what song did they use? Was talking about um, the opening of of, of the new Spider Man film, and he found out what they paid. Now he was talking about the he was talking about Jane Silent Bob reboot, but he was talking about how much the Marvel must have paid to have Whitney's song on the start of Spider Man, and he said they spent quarter of a million on. I come with a track now. It was something that had been in other films. It was a quarter of a million pounds to have the, to buy the license to use a song that had been in other movies and was very well known by everyone. It, it's big money. Yeah, it is. Um, right. Quick, quick, quick question: Do you want to carry on with anything more tonight, uh, or do we want to sort of uh, take a break? Curse uh, is a bad band, apparently. Based um, on the heat and like the fact that could uh, are people up for a, a journey and like coming back again and another time because the heat is like <laughs> i'm not getting to sleep till like two benji's so dying is what he's saying now, that, that's that's kind of exactly where i phrased it that way benj because I, I know nick wants to be on the cast as well um and i kind of wanted to be on episode 100 at some point so yeah i mean and we can all talk oh. silly shenanigans um the yeah, main come bit. back for any other business including the top yeah well, actually, oh. I was, was going to come back for a mid-show thing. Yeah, maybe we could do a... Oh, no, either. I yeah. don't mind missing it. Uh, 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 Nick, you might not mind missing it. I mind you missing it, so... Missing what? Uh, I'm talking... He's, he's talking know, to you know, the YouTubes. Yeah. Say goodbye, uh, Nick. <laughs> you realise that's still being done, right? He's not been here for, like, 40-odd episodes. I also thought uh, Kurt wants to get other such celebrities to um... if we can i mean i, I yeah i don't know um i have mentioned it to to um conrad he says yes but when okay so, giving him notice and giving him some sort of idea so maybe he could get try and get nick and um conrad to get on depending on how how well they, how well it, that syncs together that could what be an idea yeah uh, what about we bring boosted damage for for one one episode <laughs> uh boosted damage I thought we'd just bring back Conrad and credit Boosted Damage with being an inspiration. That That is very true. Mm. Boosted, boosted Damage, when we started, was kind of one of the big ones, along with, well, uh, 
the then lapsed Dragonstorm that came back and went away. Well, the, only, was... the only other people, the only other person I could talk to is Chris Miller um, from yeah. uh, uh, Lost yeah, Hemisphere. Was definitely yeah. Terry. Terry Masson was on this long, long ago as well. If he you was. remember, yeah, having whis- whiskey on his wheat dicks. Some kind of anniversary episode that was. I can't remember what that was. That, that was the one year anniversary. Oh, was it a one year anniversary? That was right. the one year anniversary seven years ago. Oh, dear God. What have we, we done? We've been doing this since 2011. Well, speak for yourselves. I've only been doing it for a couple of years. I remember back in the day. Let's <laughs> get a fucking Hovis. Can we get Hovis? Can we license the Hovis, Hovis music? Actually, we, we don't have to. So if, we just, if we just get a, mi- a MIDI version of that, it's uh, from Antonin Dvorak's From the New World, uh, which is well out of its 75 years. Uh, I so. could go and take a photograph of the appropriate scene because I know where it is. Oh, it's yes. Because it's not in Yorkshire, it's in Dorset. I hate that bloody hill. Yeah, exactly. And it's in Dorset where I grew up. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So we're going to... Uh, uh, unless you've got anything that's kind of important that you should do kind of uh, talk about uh, tonight, Alex? Uh, oh, very important news. Very important. Big, big news. Yeah. No, You're still alive. Are, are, you coming, are, are you coming back to the World War Machine? Has, has t- tonight swayed you? I, I mean, I'd love to. Um, my life is currently a little bit in limbo. Um, I, I've recently applied for a, a new position within within the same employer that I've been with for the last thirteen years. Wow! Uh, but that, that is long service these days. Actually, it is. It is, and, and depending on the result and the outcome of that depends realistically on my availability for other things primarily ice hockey which is what consumes most of my time at the minute with rafferty playing uh, we're currently in the off season at the moment so i actually have some evenings of the weekend uh, evenings during the week to myself um but yeah so we need i need to kind of wait and see what happens there and hopefully i mean i was kind of looking at the welsh when that came around and i thought oh maybe i could Maybe I could go, and that never kind of came about. Uh, then obviously the nationals are happening. Um, I don't even know if it's, if it's sold out yet or how many tickets are sold. Um, Has it even been on sale yet? Yeah, yeah, it's on sale now. It it's came out a couple of weeks ago, last week, week before maybe. It's a tiebreaker. Uh, yeah, uh, that's in in kind of my backyard, so that would be feasible to do um yeah so i don't know it's it's, uh, it's been a period of change over the past uh well nearly two years 18 months i have uh had a, a uh, yeah something of a uh, a marital <laughs> um i don't, I don't know what you call it. a status change or an upheaval a status change yes yes a uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, we're seeing new people. Let's put it that way. Fair enough. Um, it's, it's, it's it's nice knowing you kind of your life's kind of back on track and kind of where you want it to be. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it never really, it never really truly went off track. I don't think I ever let it get truly off track. You know, there were things that happened that maybe I wish hadn't have happened. But you know, that, that's life. It's it's all about curveballs and how you deal with them. And yeah, I think. 
I, I think oh. over the over the last eight years, everyone here has kind of um, life has gone through changes for all of us. Yes, in, in several ways. Mm. So uh, it's, it's it's just nice that you kind of you're uh, you, you're definitely still around and. Uh, I, I, do, I do occasionally see the post about the ice hockey, and it's uh, it's, it's interesting to see you kind of uh, gone for that. It's interesting to see your beard getting bigger each time. Yeah, you have a proper hobo beard now. Yeah, pretty much. You do live in your car, <laughs> don't you? We know you do. <laughs> yeah. Is this some sort of rudderless hippie? Does he have a hunting knife strapped to his shoe? I don't think he'll take hippie. I think he'll take hobo, but not hippie. Yeah, I'll take hobo. (laughs) He'll take hobo and sleep in his car, but not spiritually enlightened. He's not going for that one. Fair enough. (laughs) Okay. um, Well, we'll we'll end it here then, because I need more water before I completely dehydrate. Um, So thank you to all the people who've been listening in. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to be able to get Will Hunger for Dawn for this. Uh, we'll be back to record more of episode 100 soon? Question mark. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. So that's going to be fun. Okay. Well, goodbye for now. Bye-bye. Episode one. Can anyone Thank remember? It was very scripted from memory. He was oh, well uh, prepared. Uh, I seem to remember uh, there being an agenda. <laughs> yeah, the, for the first like thirty seconds or so, there was like a "Hey, here's our mission statement," and then it just became waffling rubbish, which it has been for the last eight years. On the it's plus side, eight years. on the plus side, Hungerford didn't say Terry Gilliam last week. That was a positive. I, yes, that's true. We should get him um, on again and get him to say Terry Gilliam. Why do I, you want Hungerford to say Terry Gilliam? Well, that <laughs> derails the podcast usually. Somebody saying that. that is, okay, that's very true. My my girlfriend's now looking over. I don't I don't know what this has started. So, right, I have I have uh, things from the first episode. So we discussed uh, the cover art for Domination. So cover art for Oblivion. <laughs> wow. I'm gonna find that as well. Yeah, the uh, the Men of War Bombardiers. Wow. Oh God. Oh yeah, because the more you said their name, the further they got delayed. Uh, no, they'd been re- just released at that point. Okay. And also, we did a spelling it out on P. Irisk. Spelling Without it out. He would have to get out of my chair. Oh, man. <laughs> we got game. Yeah, I no mean. No preparation at all whatsoever. So, oh, so when, the, when the turtles first appeared. Yeah. I had no idea. Oh, episode two, we discussed Grim Angus, Unbound, awesome. and FQD. Uh, In fact, okay, so we had the Domination cover art in episode one. We didn't discuss Domination until episode six. I'm thinking through it. It was a good book. Well, it's probably the the cover art was probably just released when we... Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we didn't know what it was, did we? You appear to be in some sort of stuffed animal cave. Yep, welcome to my room. Holy shit. Let's have a look, Nick. Let's go again. Uh, Oh, hang on. There we go. Welcome to my cave of wonders. <laughs> my, my daughter would be in those EVs, rifling them. <laughs> my EVs. I can't see the video. I can't see your video, Nick. Oh my god! Could you, uh, could Nick, could you take a picture of your EVs and evolution plushies and and, and send it to me on Messenger, please? There, there's more to the right hand side. There's, oh there's uh, a whole mix up there. I just want to. I just, I just want to my elephant. children massively. 
look, an adult man owns these. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. And you don't. <laughs> a little harsh. But necessary. Wow. Wow. So, this is a really good book. You're just looking through going, this is all amazing. So, Skull, Giles Skull was in it. Um, uh, oh, God, Giles a thing. I'd forgotten him. Grizel 2. Okay, that's, that's valid. Storm Troll. Rock. Giles isn't played anymore. Trolls aren't played anymore. Oh, nor uh, a I mean, I'm out. I will I'm eventually. Out. I will eventually. I'm just enjoying Chris Bogart. Um, In fairness, I am possibly going to put some signal on the table now that all gun mages in um, oh is god, it's in a mercenary list. Y- by yes, yes, yeah. all gun mages in the Lely's resistance get snipe. Yeah, pretty good. Like no tough for you, bang. Pretty good. Yeah. Oh, and they made their storm blades a point cheaper. Yeah, they're still shit. <laughs> uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Now, Signal Stormblades, yes, they're terrible. Because they've lost, they've lost advanced move, but every Signal player is crying about it. Laylee's Stormblades, however, still have Pathfinder, and with Ashlyn, still get plus two speed and plus two death against magic and uh, range. Something wrong with that. When did, when did Stormblades used to be good? It was like Mark II when they could assault, right? And they could just shoot. Oh, they could just take jacks off the table, like. <laughs> yeah. And the banner oh. did weird things. Uh, uh, the unit leader does crackers things now. Can I have this war wagon that's only nine points, please? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can have it at 22. It's not 22. Oh, I don't know how, it, how much 16, 17. I mean, it's cheaper then, right? Because everything doubled and then shrunk. Well... Not quite. I know. Yeah, like some of the pricing now is so far out on that. Well, we doubled it kind of level. Um, yeah... Where, where, where's trolls? Trolls, trolls, trolls. Roadhog for nine points. Swamp horror for eight points. Actually, it's not the, far off what it actually is. All wagon is sixteen points. Yeah, yeah. How far off was I? I don't know. I didn't wasn't listening to what you're saying. I know you were. Said 16. 16, yeah. 17, I said, yeah. Well a lot Wait. of the, a lot of them are. This thing is sixteen. Oh my god, I've just noticed how many I've just noticed how many boxes it's got. Is yeah, that a broad tank? This is the Chris Bogard, um Chris Bogard. I don't even know what Chris they're kind of like Signal, but good. Gorman, <laughs> Gorman the army. I'm not the first person to make that joke. They are, Gorman, they are the army of Gorman. He's right. They are. Right, right, you. I faced Gearheart twice last weekend. Those were, like, the games were fun because the people I was playing against were fun, but dear God, playing against Gearheart is fucking miserable. And you played against my Gearheart and you beat the crap out of me. Uh, uh, yeah, but this is Andy Garrard. You mean, you mean a proper player? Is that what, that, that what those words meant? Someone who plays for Team England and has a lot of experience facing a lot of different opponents who can uh, leverage the synergies within the army uh, by virtue of his experience. Full credit. Andy Gerard, proper player. I'm happy to accept that. Because <laughs> he is. Because I ask him for st- about stuff all the time. Yeah. No, I, I kind of... I, I think I, I pushed did, him, but... Did he remember um, all his spells to use and stuff? I think that's really the key. That's the bit I forget. Uh, I think he did. Um, yeah, but, that's, that's just cheating, isn't it, really, to be fair? But Gearheart is... Oh, my God. I know, he's awesome. He is amazing. Just just the fact that he can go, uh, I'm having this gun instead, and this gun's going to knock you down. And, oh, okay. Um, OG that's... Elite Cardro time is over. Boo. <laughs> oh, yes, and bloody well done is a stupid battle plan. 
I know. I used. I do remember to use that one, especially at the moment. So, um, line of sight. I've got a what's it called? Um, online forum thing app on your phone. Words can't remember what they all mean. A Discord. a Discord. Discord. Discord is a voice chat program. And I've uh, been on the Cooper Guard forum chatting about. They, they were talking about the, why he's not very good. Uh, why the Cooper Guard infantry are very good? And I said, yeah, but with bloody well done really quite good at taking off, off upkeeps at range. And they're yes. like, yeah, but they don't do it very often. I'm like, well, three or four times and it tends to hit anything and tends to so, quit everything. So what you're saying is Crucible Guard are Signar mixed with uh, mercenaries mixed with men off. Well, there's kind of almost a bit of cricks because they debuff. It's just the OG factions in one. Uh, right. L- let me tell you what they did to my McBain army. Okay, so McBain. Can I get comfortable first? It sounds like a really good. Okay, this should be in the podcast, don't you think? Because this be this is like joy. I think we're live. We are. I mean, we are live. I can edit this in later. Okay, good. All right, I'll get comfortable. Um, but okay, so it's feet turn. Okay, Arzi are um countermeasured. They've gone forward. There's a line of them across the battlefield. It's 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 all going spiffingly well. Nothing on the opposing team can fire. The opposing team. Are we playing blood bowl now? Yeah. Then, then. <laughs> um, oh, what's the name of the Guild Ball, Alex? What's the name of the Guild Ball? Sorry, our Lord and Savior Guild Ball. Lord and Savior. That's it. Prospero. Prospero. Prospero sends one of his jacks forward. Yes. And smacks one of the Kayazi. He goes, "Okay, uh, you lose countermeasure." Dispel. Yeah. Oh. Okay, that's bad. And then he goes, "Okay, so my colossal moves forwards and puts the uh, oh, whatever the vapor is out." Uh, so that means you can't heal. So that's okay. hipster. So I have vapor. I have no countermeasures. My feet has been turned off. Yep. This is going to be a bad time. Then he proceeded to knock down pretty much all of my warjacks and murder the rest of my army. What mass on your sparrow to hit the chaos? Pretty, uh, pretty butthurt about all this, Mike. No. <laughs> Uh, Kayazi, you're easier to hit in. Uh, I should be back in half an hour when I've tweeted Mr. Girard to understand. Oh, that, exactly well, that wasn't Andy, that was Graham. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> no, no, like Andy, there were points where I could have won that game. Against Graham, there was no point at which I was even playing the same game he was. It was like, I, I, I may as well have just laid down on the floor and swept my models off the table. It was, it was horrific. <clears throat> Yay. Yes. <laughs> Are we too old for tournaments now? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I I do decently at some of them. I just do terribly at others. He only does decently at the ones only he's attending. The ones that he's running. I don't run... I haven't run tournaments in years. That's my day job now. Yes! Winning war machine tournaments. (laughs) Not war machine. (laughs) (laughs) More profitable than war machine. So what? But, what but are it's not hard. I, I assume it's esports something. It is. Yeah, I run the uh, official UK League of Legends league. Uh, uh, not a big deal, but you know. Not a big deal. <laughs> Can you explain yeah. what's happened to that game? Because I I keep seeing something like tactics. Yeah, they released this thing called Teamfight Tactics that is basically just a board digital board game, and it's fantastic. You should All give right. it a go because you'll probably get on with it. Oh, okay. I, I had no, I, tool. no, but I I thought it was like another game mode. Like, was it Earth or whatever it was called? I don't know. Yeah, no, these are like proper 
different games. So it's a there's a hex grid, and you have to put down your pieces on the grid. Meanwhile, you've got a roulette that's giving you um, access to different uh, different bits. Oh. He's, he's going to go full on sales pitch in a second. So is it Game of Life then? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, there with that. Yep. Okay. Is it like is it like Warhammer Forty K Monopoly? <laughs> I mean, it's closer to a. Is it like Rick and Morty Monopoly? It's a strategy oh, I want game. That. So. That's I want in my life. What Rick and Morty Anatomy Park? No Monopoly. I don't Monopoly. Know one. Why, would, uh, why do you want Monopoly? Park? Yeah. Why would you want like what is essentially just a very boring game with a with a veneer coating over it? Is there a game? There isn't a there isn't a um, an Aspie Park board game yet, is there? I don't think yeah, there is. Oh, is there? I know there's um, yep. a card game thing of the the weird infested house episode. I didn't know. That. Yeah, I there's the Mister Mister Meeksy's episode, and then there's the. I don't mean that one, but yeah, the one where the house gets invaded by weird alien things, <laughs> pretending to be a family and old friends of the family. Um, mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> cool story. Okay. Should, should, should we should we make some pretense of having a second half of this episode now? I'm Mike. Nice. Uh, so I, I have here the big folder of Elite Cadre, and, <laughs> and, and, and just just going back, like episode twenty seven, Steamroller twenty thirteen. <sighs> oh wow! Yes. Um, oh, here's one. Episode eleven, Steam Forged. <laughs> oh. That big creator of D and D miniatures, Devil May Cry miniatures, and Dark Soul miniatures. Crea- oh, no. Creator of uh, well, there's a website in the end. Hang on, hang on, hang on. A... I'm going to stop yeah, the broadcast now.